Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. I'm Josh, KI6NAZ. And I'm Leia, KN6NWZ. And we talk about ham radio, among other topics. Without further ado, let's get started. So hey Leia, how are you this week? This week is an exciting week. I I have to say right up front, we're recording this the day that I got my second COVID shot. I got it at 9 a.m. and I am dragging. Yes. But that should not hold you back from your week because it's, we've been doing some things. Have we been? Yeah, your whole planter thing. You've had shipments delivered to the house for days now, getting ready for Garden 2.0. That's true. Uh, This is an exciting day for me because I spent a lot of time trying to book COVID vaccines for everybody in my family who wanted one. Oh. And today was the day that everybody ended up getting their second shot. Mm. Which, in retrospect, maybe wasn't the best decision. Because now everybody's just out of it. (laughs) How will I go help my mom if I have to help you? And have to help my sister or have to help my, uh, my friend Sarah and her husband because they decided to get their second vaccine on the same day. Wow. That's we gutsy. staggered ours. Yeah, that's gutsy. Yeah. I, I will say that uh, so I got the Pfizer shot. I got Moderna. And you had a much harder reaction than I did. But I feel like your first day, you were okay. My first day, I was in a mad dash to get everything done I needed to get done with the expectation mm-hmm. that I was going to be out of it for at least one day, if not more. And you were out like two days. Easily. Saturday was you were absolutely dead to the world. Yes. You were, you were bad. You had like 102 fever. Yeah. So I, I'm hoping that I wake up fine tomorrow. This is my hope too. But I don't know what's going to happen. Because man, do you get the man flu. <laughs> yeah, I'm a baby when I get sick. You're terrible. I, I, I just live by the I'll just do nothing until this You passes. might as well not be here. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm worse, though, because I'll slow everybody else down around me. Yeah, because I have to come in and take mm-hmm. care of you in yeah, addition yeah, yeah, yeah. to the kids. <laughs> yeah, yes, that is, that is very true. Well, thanks, everybody, for coming out and clicking that podcast button for the Ham Radio Crash Course. We, we do appreciate it. We like to kick off the show with the Ham Radio Minute. It's never a minute. Today, maybe, maybe not. Today we're going to talk about off-grid power, but specifically handy-talky off-grid power. Because I think that's a topic a lot of people don't really consider. I know that... More batteries. That is one way, (laughs) indeed. I know a lot of people think about their HF radios and their mobile radios because those are already, you know, 12-volt sources. They, They expect 12 volts. So you can take almost any kind of battery hook it up to your mobile and hey you're good to go and if you want to connect a solar panel to that and you know keep it charged up that way really nice off the grid solution Ah, hts though don't work that way the ht charging voltage might be different from the ht operation voltage of the radio interesting so charging some of these radios they, they, they take all kinds of various voltages you know baofengs take like nine volts there's some radios that take you know a full 13 uh, 0.5 and there's some that go even lower than nine down into seven volts and whatnot so it's actually kind of tricky plus they all have what i've found to be non-standard ac 
our DC power connectors. They don't use just the standard one we would use for HF radios. Uh, mobile radios sometimes fall into that that realm too. Um, so there are a couple of options that exist. There are USB buck converters, basically. What is a buck converter? It is kind of like a transformer that takes in the voltage from USB power and steps it up or steps it down. Oh. In this case, for HDs, it steps it up. The, the downside of using a buck converter is that you're, you're losing some of the battery, the charge, the efficient, efficiency of the charge to heat, and you know it's just lost in the process. So it's, it's less efficient for charging the battery because you're stepping up to a higher voltage, so you're drawing more. You're not going to try to cook bank. a hot dog on a buck converter, are you? No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> but you, you can, you know, if you go on eBay, I, I bought a couple of these off of eBay that are specifically specced for the HTs. That, that you may have. So I've got one for my Kenwood THF, THF6. Oh boy, I'm, I'm going to be bad with the acronyms and model numbers today. And let me tell you what, with the, uh, with the, the brain fog today. You are quite dazed. I am. I look like I'm dazed, don't I? Yes. I'm like glassy eyed and I'm like, oh, you I are. <laughs> What's this? So no different than any other podcast. I'm going to be <laughs> rambling all over the place. I think you said that you felt like you were in a fugue state at work. <laughs> I, I was I was typing on Discord uh, when I was having a break, and I was saying to myself, "It's like, am I at work or is this a dream right now?" Because it's, <laughs> it's a little weird. And I told you that, like, I feel like I feel like I'm sick, like I'm sore and I'm tired and I'm slow, and my body is telling me like I have a sore throat, but I don't have a sore throat. Yes, or that I feel like I should be congested, but I'm not congested. It's yes. really weird. Yes. That's the weirdest thing about this whole thing is that you feel like you're sick, but it's like fake sick. It's like diet sick. It's a saccharine sick. Like you're on a downer. I, okay. I, I don't know much yeah. about that, but yeah. So again, back to the point of the uh, I, I don't the either. It's well, a weird thing to accuse me of. <laughs> you're the one that brought it up. So yeah, there's a couple of options. And, and since most people don't think about it, I mm-hmm. think, I think it's a good thing to consider because the nice thing with HTs is that you can run them off like a USB battery source. So hypothetically, you know, if you were so inclined, there are laptops that will charge off of a USB battery bank. Mm-hmm. And there are Raspberry Pis that you can run off of a USB battery bank. You could hypothetically have a radio that has like a MobiLink, you know, one of these little TNC devices, KISS TNC devices, that will allow you to connect to your laptop to your radio. Your okay. HT, and then you can do WinLink, and you can do What's APRS. What's a TNC device? Terminal node controller. Okay. It is basically, and I, I use the term, I said in a video, it's like a sound card. It's not a sound People card. People did not like they that. They did not like mm-hmm. that. It is a modem. It's basically a modem. Do you know what modem stands for? No. It's kind of a acronym it stands for modulation and demodulation or modulator demodulator you know what you have told me this before yeah so that's <laughs> that's what it does is it turns an audio source into a modulated digital output or input and vice versa uh yeah so there you go so that's kind of the ham radio minute it's more about planting the seed in your brain and thinking about what you could do if you needed because arguably your ht is what you're going to want to use in like a grid down situation okay. like if you have an earthquake or a power outage I would think you'd want an HD kind of like a with you on just chilling, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So consider that. Have a have a plan. Anyway, thanks for that. Okay. So moving right along, 
you did make beverages. I did. Nothing fancy I was, because I, I don't think I can handle it right now. So I'm just going to sip on this while we're, we're talking. You usually make mm-hmm. the drinks. Mm-hmm. Josh is the guy who makes sure that the libations are handled. Whereas usually I actually buy your drinks for the live stream. Which is funny because yeah, it's yeah. just beer, right? Yeah. Like, Give me something interesting. <laughs> Give me something I wouldn't normally buy or something like that. Right. Uh, today you made the mistake of letting me make the drinks for the podcast. Yeah. And again, we love the soda stream. That is how we get our carbonated water. Mm-hmm. And I mixed... Soda Stream carbonated water with Crystal Light. Does anybody remember Crystal Light? This yeah. is something that moms in the 80s would drink. And I didn't even know they still made them. But I thought, I'm a mom in the 2020s. Mm-hmm. And I want to be like those late 1900s moms. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's kind of funny that now everything's like, oh, no, I still like the the flavor enhanced water but it must come in a, a tiny squeeze bottle that's no oh, different right. than crystal light the mios that's no different sure Same okay thing. well this is lemonade flavored it's so something. we're drinking spiked lemonade really yeah it's 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 a loose approximation of lemonade. And I think I actually dumped a lot of vodka in this, and you can't taste it very much. <laughs> That's not good. But I'm already starting to feel a little woozy, and I this might have been a mistake letting me do Uh-oh. this. <laughs> okay. Let's power, let's power on through. Because so, we're tightening it up. Yes. I got my COVID shot <laughs> and then decided to do a podcast to tighten it all up this, uh, this week. So. so the drink is a late 1900s <laughs> Crystal Light soda and vodka. <laughs> The late 1900s. You also have one that has caffeine in it, which I didn't know they did that. And it was pretty good. Yeah, that was a straw, uh, raspberry lemonade. Okay. It was pretty good. With the yeah. soda stream, it was good. I imagine that if you just like, if here's some flat, flat water, exactly. eh, it'd be all right. But anyway. All right. So let's let's talk about our reviews. We got one review this week. And hey, if, if you'd like to join the conversation by leaving a review on iTunes for the Ham Radio Crash Course podcast, we'd appreciate it. The link will be in the description or... Wait, the link will be in... You're listening to us. Huh. Right. Is that <laughs> show notes. The link, link, the link the to the notes. Apple podcast uh, will be in the show notes. And the idea behind that is Apple's the largest platform. So the more people that go over there, give us a thumbs up. Thumbs ups are appreciated. We I love think it. Spotify is gaining on them. Oh, but we should flip it over to Spotify. We'll get well, more. We're, we're on Spotify, but for some reason, there are two feeds on Spotify, and one updates and the other one doesn't. Yeah, we, we don't know what's going on with that. If you're here, obviously, you're on the one that updates, and not to worry. Thank you. <laughs> yes, you made it. Don't go looking for the other one. There's nothing there for you. Yeah. <laughs> and also, we'll be taking Leia's emails, and you can get Leia at Leia at hamtactical.com. And we'll pretty much just read them on the show. We love the ham radio questions, but we'll take your merch ideas. And if we end up making a merch based off of your merch ideas, we'll send you one. Yes. With that said, let's read the review. This says, Contemporary Answers to Questions We All Wondered About by No Cattle. No Cattle. 
This podcast is a ham radio treasure with curiosity, enthusiasm, and enthusiasm, and comprehensive what? Is that answers. how it's written? No, does, there's... Does it know? <laughs> I, I can't... I, I'm getting loopy, and it's not the, the crystal light and vodka. I'll um, drink the drink for you if you want, so. it was, in it, solidarity. It was a movie, and it's not even like a movie quote. It was a quote from one of the Mystery Science Theater 3000 episodes mm-hmm. where the guy, I think it was like Operation Double 007, and the guy says, and we appreciate your enthusiasm. And <laughs> Joel goes like, enthusiasm. Is that, a, is that a Boston accent? I don't know. No, it was like he was a Transylvanian double agent. Oh, you are loopy. Yeah, yeah. It was, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting there. And it's not the vodka, let me tell you. The podcast tone is all-inclusive and welcoming, and the format is fun and informative. Who else would ask the answer, ask and answer, the question, will it antenna, of a magic wand, while also providing practical technical tips for using digital formats? Focus is not always confined to ham radio, but the banter between Josh and Leah is priceless entertainment. Thank you for bringing the ham radio community closer together, and that's Bill from dallas thank you thank you bill wonderful thank you so much man i love reviews though it's like five star reviews make me so happy (laughs) yeah we we really do appreciate it so if you if you have the opportunity to to do so we'd love to take your review over on the itunes i mean we like them wherever you send them but uh, we do appreciate them appreciate them over there so as far as what we're using this week I was still playing around with the signal sticks. I got another one for other HTs. Did you get me one? Uh, I didn't, but I'll go get you one. I want the glow-in-the-dark one. Okay. Uh, specifically, so I'll get you the adapter for the Baofeng, too, so you can do BNC. Because I'm going to paint my Baofeng. Right. And I need to see what the signal stick looks like so I can kind of mm-hmm. work that color. Well, I have a glow-in-the-dark one you can use as a model. Okay. I just don't have the appropriate adapter for Fair uh, enough. SMA mail. I might just make the whole thing glow-in-the-dark. There you go. That's an idea. You'll, you, it'll be easier to find if you lose it. Glow-in-the-dark paint. Mm. So signal stick is the antenna, but the brand is signal stuff. And signal stuff is the same brand owned by hamstudy.org and so all the sales of the signal stuff signal sticks go directly to funding or you know among other things but it's actually what offsets the cost of hamstudy.org so we support them we love the work they're doing there that's obviously what we use when we're doing the questions on this podcast going through now the general test but back in the technician days we were doing that as well so the link will be in the show notes if you'd like to get yourself a signal stuff signal stick They are kind of my preferred HT antenna because they are balanced both for 70 centimeters and two meters, which is nice. That's a question a lot of people have about Mm -hmm. handy talking antennas. Yeah, some of them will favor 70 centimeters. They'll be better on 70 centimeters than they are on two meters. And I actually did test that by doing a signal to noise test. It wasn't just what's the SWR of this antenna. I actually went to a location away from the home, like mile and a half, two miles, and we measured the signal-to-noise ratio of the transmitted signal from the HT into my receiver at home. And that was something that I logged uh, every time the signal came in. So we were able to determine. I think one of the reasons, though, that we're so supportive of SignalStick mm-hmm. and hamstudy.org is the creator of hamstudy.org basically created the first 
online testing platform right. that got everybody tested mm-hmm. through Panor- through Panorama Times. Right? Panorama <laughs> yes. Times. Panavision. And in addition to his programming mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the the signal stick uh, sales and everything like mm-hmm. that and putting it together, he's actually putting these antennas together. So they're made in the USA. Handmade. Yeah, in the Just, USA. Uh, so much dedication to yeah. the hobby. Very, very such, cool. Such respect. Yeah, indeed. Well, there's the the link again will be in the show notes. So thanks again for uh, Signal Stick for doing, or Signal Stuff for doing what you do. Leah, do you have a preparedness topic? We did it last week. Yes, I last week was self-defense. But we haven't got to emails yet. Um, yeah, and you so. should hear it. <laughs> yeah, last week so, was self-defense. I'm uh, sure we're going to get a ton of emails on that topic. Fire preparedness. Fire preparedness. This is a big deal in Southern California. I mean, mm-hmm. people say that what we have out here in terms of natural disasters is earthquakes and fires. Yes, we do. Right. So I did some research on how to fireproof your home and in the interest of brevity. Yeah, because this could be a long time. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to talk about the outside of the home. Oh, right? interesting. Uh, and okay. so before talking about the things that you should look at fireproofing inside. But one of the key things they say... May I just say right up front that um, regardless of how you fireproof the outside or the inside, you should have multiple fire extinguishers in your home. Sure. You are a big fan of fire extinguishers. I am. And uh, make sure you look up the type of fire extinguisher that you're getting. Hmm. Because they put out different fires. Right. Right. So that's very important to understand. Mm -hmm. So continue. We can talk about that next week. That's a vital point, though. We, we, We can cover that next week. But do please have fire extinguishers. So a few key points that uh, that that can be very short is one don't have hedges and I know that we have firefighters that are a part of the HRCC community because they've written in before mm-hmm. um, and I'm sure they can chime in about the outside yeah but from my layman perspective and what I have read mm-hmm. uh, basically don't have anything flammable on the outside of your house don't lean a wood shed up against your house mm-hmm. <laughs> right so don't- those crude oil barrels I've been collecting. Oh my god! Got to move those. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I put them right next to the water barrels, though. So they'll put the each other that, out, right? Yeah, one will melt the side of the water. The oil barrels yeah. will melt. Yeah. Oh no, it won't. Yeah, you need a You're different right. kind oh, of extinguisher. Boy. I need a whole case. Rude, Gold, Rude Goldberg contraption yes. to make this work. Uh, and then, as so, right immediately next to your house, just nothing flammable. Right. Just be really conscious of it. Walk your perimeter Mm -hmm. within the first um, five to six feet. I think there's supposed to be nothing flammable. Right. Six feet around your home. Yes. In some cases, your neighbor could be closer than six feet. That is that is something that was recommended that if. There is an issue at your neighbor's house Mm -hmm. that you can see on the outside Then you need to talk to them. About wow. about the fire risk mm-hmm. of what they've got on the outside. Well, you you will be just the most obnoxious neighbor if you're a ham radio operator and also fire conscious. Right. But <laughs> I both I need to talk to you about your RFI generating devices. Yes. <laughs> and those hedges, the hedgerow that you keep between. And our they're homes. like, you're the one interrupting my cell signal and my cable service with your antenna. That's yeah. <laughs> 
Making friends. Uh, and then as you get uh, farther outside of the main building um, uh, on your property, the trees are not supposed to be close together. They need to be far enough apart so that... They can't uh, just light each other up. Exactly. Yeah. So that it's more easily contained. The problem we That's have pretty, in California... It's all kind of pretty common yeah, sense. The, the yeah. problem we have in California is that brush fires are created... They're largely propagated by the wind. Yes. And so you're you're talking about an appreciable difference when it comes to some of the crazy winds we get out down here. Oh, yeah. I so, remember yeah. Uh, I had a friend who was driving on the freeway when one of these major uh, wildfires um, kicked off. Mm-hmm. And he literally saw the fire jump the freeway. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, and you remember when we were driving through the very fire-affected areas, we saw how they cut a fire line mm-hmm. through through the the side of the mountain yep. to stop the fire. Fire so, break, yeah. So just be conscious about what's flammable um, right next to your home, around your home, and apparently at your neighbor's house. Great. Those are good tips. Thank Very you. Good. Well, I think it's time. Let's hear from the wonderful it. correspondence in I'm gonna start reading Leia's like, email correspondence tower. That's what we're calling the it. The correspondence, the email correspondence tower. Tower. Okay. I'm going to start reading like uh, the micro machine guy. <laughs> I, I can't follow you then. Yeah. The next, Just do that uh, the, for this guy, the like first email, I said next, the first email. <laughs> <laughs> it just feels like the next. We haven't even got started yet. Uh, no subject. This is from David. Uh-oh, Hello. Check to make sure we should say it. No subjects are always nothing. like. Don't read this on the on the pod. Oh no, there's nothing like that yet. I, okay. <laughs> This one's from David. Hello, Josh and Leia. I grew up with ham radios in the household, giant antennas strapped to the house and bolted to the car. Getting licensed has been something that has always been on my list of things to get done. About a week ago, I decided that I need to just make it happen and have started studying to get my technicians. I found your YouTube channel because what can't you find on YouTube? I've been backtracking through your podcast and find great joy in listening to YouTube banter back and forth. In order to feel more like a regular here, I have decided to contribute to the quote that Josh couldn't remember from the April 2nd show. Great minds think alike, though fools seldom differ. This suggests that the people that reach the same conclusion as you may not be as smart as you think. Thank you for keeping it light and insightful, David, space holder for call sign. That is a good quote, but I don't think that was the quote I was looking for. I don't know if as loopy as you are, you should disagree with one of our email correspondents. I'll have to go back and listen because that, I I, I know when, nothing pains me more than I, when I reach for a, a, a quote or a line, I can't remember it, it sticks in my brain. And then when I'm falling asleep at night, I'll go, that's what it was. You know, one of those things. Uh, I don't think that was it. Thank you, David, for writing in to help Josh remember what he doesn't seem to believe he forgot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And good luck on your technicians. The next email is titled Hot Dog Cooking. And this is from Don, part of the Don Army. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Howdy, Leia and Josh. In my day job, where I work with frequencies from 700 to 11 gigahertz, I cannot tell you how many times I have burned my fingers when I accidentally, and burned is in quotes, my fingers mm-hmm. when yeah. I accidentally brush the center pins of the jumpers while repairing, troubleshooting them. Mm-hmm. Our max power on most of these is 60 watts, but I have burned myself at these frequencies. Oh, easily. Even down to 40 watts. Sure. So the higher frequencies should cook the hot dogs mm-hmm. at lower power. Yeah. Interesting. We will definitely be uh, building upon that topic because I think that's a fun one. Yeah. Just keep going until we get there. A hot dog mission. And then the end is just going right back to the microwave. Uh, Howard writes in, Uh, Again, Howard was the one who suggested that very interesting bolognese recipe with the chicken livers. And the sardines? No, Uh, anchovies. Marmite. Marmite. And Marmite, yes. Uh, This email is titled All the Umami, and he links me to the bolognese recipe. And he said he used the cookbook, The Food Lab, which is stellar. I really like The Food Lab. They they have tons of content out there. So that's a great suggestion. And he says, I don't care for chicken livers, which Josh also does not. Uh, but in the wonderfully disgusting amalgam this recipe calls for, <laughs> oh, yeah, Josh, consider it balut foreplay. Oh, my God. Yes. So we can do that. You know, we're going to go ahead and start with an appetizer of balut. At different developmental stages. What? <laughs> how, how many balut have you signed up to I, eat? At the, just one. one? What if you love it? Well, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I don't need you stocking up on balut that's just going to be sitting around. <laughs> Thank you, Howard, for the recipe and for the suggestion to mix bolognese with Skyline Chili. That sounds delicious. Yeah. And I have to make so much of each that there is left over to mix together. <laughs> the next email is titled a podcast email for follow-up. This is from Jimmy. Josh, I just wanted to follow up on my email to the podcast. The part of me sending radios and antennas to you was intended as a joke about you not spending money for radios and antennas. It was intended to mean I was just giving you all the radios so you didn't have to buy them. The thought was going to go over great as Leia just asked you to try and spend less on radios. Oh, well, that is an r slash whoosh. You did Mm -hmm. not take the lifeline Jimmy sent you. (laughs) Jimmy, she's not going to believe you. Yeah. (laughs) Jimmy. Thank you for trying. Full access to the bank account. <laughs> She's not going to believe you. Yeah, I actually, I'm actually the one who looks at our financial statements. <laughs> so, yep. How many times have I called you going, what is this? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> Leia pulling up the accounts. It's Picard. The Picard yeah. <laughs> damage report. What happened here? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Well, we lost life support on deck five. (laughs) There's a big breach. (laughs) What was really funny is you you recently posted a TikTok. I did. I haven't. Which I think is hilarious. And uh, you can find Josh at Ham Radio Crash Course um, on TikTok as well. But he posted a video, and the caption said, don't tell my wife. Yeah, and you were the first comment. Yeah. I found out. 
<laughs> you found out. Do you want to tell everybody what you have done now? <laughs> For I anybody bought, who is not a TikToker. I bought an ICOM 7610. And I'm calling it, a, a, I guess, a birthday present. Yeah. The whole family the can just present. the birthday present thing. I've got everybody The present covered. is you getting to see your birthday. <laughs> yes. Well, so uh, interesting point. Because <laughs> of all the delays in shipping. Yes. They gave it a maybe 90 days. Wow. Maybe. Maybe. It won't even really be here in time to absolve me of birthday responsibilities. <laughs> yeah. So maybe it's we'll not for your birthday. Of it and just... just lovingly <laughs> stare at it. <laughs> so, yeah, Jimmy, thank you so much for that. <laughs> thank you for trying. <laughs> No, he sent oh, you. Oh, he sent it. Yes. Oh, yeah. Jimmy, thank you. <laughs> Such a nice birthday present from Jimmy. Wow. By the way, below is my vehicle, which I want to run two two-meter antennas on. Uh, Jimmy last week had mm-hmm. had a question about the two-meter antennas and where to place them. Right. And it looks like uh, Jimmy has a Ford SUV, like okay. an Explorer. Maybe no, it's bigger than an Explorer. Expedition? Okay. Jimmy, you tell me. Uh, Sounds like I should make the antenna that is already on the driver's side cowl one of the two-meter antennas and put the other on the roof rack. The current cowl-mounted antenna has a NMO mount that I have been switching out between GMRS and two meters until I can add an additional antenna. From your answer on the podcast, it sounds like I will be okay if I have... um, a GMRS antenna and two meter antenna on the roof rack opposite corners, uh, along with the second two meter antenna on the cowl. Should I put the GMRS antenna driver front of the rack and the second two meter antenna on the passenger rear? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and also the, the, the difference in height can also help a bit too. So, oh, I'm seeing it. Uh, that is an excursion. Oh, Okay. Wow, you really know your car. Cowl. Um, I'm not sure what he means by the cowl. Does he mean quarter panel? Oh yes. I don't. I, I'm. You're the car guy. I can't see it that well, but looks like a great, great vehicle. Um, yeah, I mean that's a huge car too. So if you get those things separated far enough, they're going to be fine. You're still going to get some, some cross effect. You're going to get some noise. But it, it's not going to damage anything, which is probably what you should worry about the most. You're going to be fine. Perfect. Jim finishes up. Thanks again. And sorry about the confusion in the last email. Jim and three J-E-S. Jim, no problem. We that r slash whooshed for us, too. It's it's totally fine. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, this one says maybe not read this on the air, but okay. it's about taser. So I do want to talk about it. It follows up with last week's. I mean, maybe you just leave the person's name out or. Sure. I don't know. Uh, So the person who wrote in said, I had to pause the podcast to read this. Tell Josh that tasers don't knock people out. It causes them to fall down with their muscles spasming. But as soon as you let go of the trigger, that person can stand right back up again. I don't think I said it knocked him out and knocks people out. 
The number of officers who have been killed because they let go of the taser trigger and their assailant just picked their weapon back up and stabbed them is terrifying. Yeah. Tasers can be effective, but it's important to know the limitations. I did not realize people could get back up immediately after being tased. So thank you so much for writing in. I thought I said it it disrupts the electrical signals to the brain. And that's what causes you to ragdoll. But it's only yes while the signal is going through you. Yeah. Also of note. That's a good clarification. A lot of the tasers, um, when you fire them, one trigger press, they will pulse for X amount of seconds and then stop. Oh, So you don't have to necessarily hold it down. Um, but you have to, it, it depends on the model you have. Okay. Well, thank you so much for the clarification. Mm-hmm. Like to, the accuracy. Good to circle back around. The next email is titled Wizard of Nas. This is from Brian. Josh, Leia, I think you guys missed the mark with the Wizard of Nas shirt mentioned last week. The design should have the green floaty head of Josh on the front with the Wizard of Nas. And the back of the shirt has the dog pulling open the curtain to reveal Josh at his desk with headphones working the radios. So it's a two-sided shirt. Mm -hmm. That's a good idea. That is a good idea. Very we haven't we haven't dipped into the realm of the two sided shirt. No, we have two sided shirts. We do. Mm-hmm. They have. Um, we actually have two versions. Every uh, technician, general, or extra, you can get HRCC in the front, mm-hmm. um, in like a badge mm-hmm. in the front, um, and your te- your license class on the back, oh. or vice versa. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, cool. Um. The and Brian continues, don't forget to put a plate of balut next to him on the desk. <laughs> how do you how do you depict that it's balut and not just it's eggs? It's just a cracked open egg with like a chick's head coming out of it. That's just that's just an egg. That's just, people okay. <laughs> 73 Brian N2 SNF. Thank you, Brian. That's a great idea. And if we end up doing it, you're you're getting one. I haven't designed shirts in a little while. It's it's well, been a very you did busy the COVID run. thing recently too. Yeah, right? Which, the, that killed a whole weekend for you. So I'm I, no, you know that's that, true. That was literally last weekend. Yeah, and then I was working on a deadline before that, which was not fun. Thank you so much, Brian. The next email is more T-shirt ideas from Ashton. The possibilities seem endless for Helvetica shirts. Ashton, they are. Mm-hmm. The theme is types of hams, but only subtly related to ham radio. Hopefully the poorly made examples attached as photos, if not the intent was sliced, diced, boiled and baked, cubed radio. <laughs> I mean, there's also like types of hams like you could see you could have or, named hams and at the bottom it says Baofeng. Huh. Or like Yesu or Icom. Or, you know, probably not those things. I'm sorry, Josh. Okay. <laughs> Or city, country, boneless, and bone-in radio. (laughs) Types of ham. That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Enjoying the podcast, Ashton, K-O-4-M-D-L. And actually, Ashton designed the shirts. He put them in Helvetica. Oh, wow. He literally has a t-shirt with it added to it. Yeah. I I was like, "Uh, please see the attached examples. Was it just Helvetica? Yeah. No, it's on the shirt. <laughs> Thanks, Ashton. <laughs> if we do types of hams, you'll get one of them. Or it looks like you could have just made it for yourself. Yeah, I mean, I mean at this point. Ashton could just be where he could be the model. Yeah. Yeah. 
Thanks, Ashton. The next email is titled Next Antenna. I'm not going to read this. <laughs> and this is from Doug uh, Douglas. Leia and Josh. Leia, Josh listens to you. It's usually too late at his, as he's already ordered whatever it is you didn't want him to. Yeah. This is... That's generally true. Not not always, but in the case of this icon, I'm I'm not gonna lie, just a little miffed, and then you and then you hit it behind the guise of your birthday. <laughs> you never saw it, it coming to, to make it so that I couldn't be like, this is unreasonable. Go back to your the love of your seventy three hundred and seven oh five. I still love the seventy three hundred. I have big plans for it. So everybody who's gonna email next week, oh, you sell me your seventy three hundred. I am not. I'm going to keep it. I've got a big plan. Big plan. You, you've already got those questions after that TikTok came out. Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. I've got plans. Douglas continues, team no touch lamp. The novelty of a touch lamp went away from me when I was about 12. And it was only that long because it was at my grandparents' house in New Mexico. You know, Douglas, touch lamps have come a long way. I think you might rethink it if you felt the the warmth of the simulated sunlight. I I completely yeah. disagree. I That's mean, fine. That's fine. You you have what cracks me up about that is you have Wi-Fi plugs that you could use to turn that light on and off mm-hmm. to simulate the sun. You don't need to touch it. In mm. fact, how many times do you actually go over to it and touch that lamp to dim it? How often? I don't know. You'd have to ask Ben. It's really, it's to make it so that he has a pleasant light for his class. Oh he's he's I wonder, virtual I schooling. I wonder if I went in and just bypassed the touch lamp portion of it. Don't you dare! Touch and then my just touch put the lamp. put the touch panel back in. Just just put it right back in. Don't you dare touch it. May- <laughs> Don't touch my touch lamp. <laughs> hey, I'm just I'm just wondering what would happen. Douglas continues. I was going to try Rocky Mountain oysters until I found out what they actually were. Yeah, it, it's it's a tricky name. It makes you think like, oh, interesting. Okay, I like oysters. Yeah, I'm, I'm down with oysters. I wonder how oyster like they are. Rocky Mountain oysters. Does it no does idea. it feel like oysters? You oh, haven't had no. them. I, I'm I'm. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it does not have the consistency and texture of a oyster. Of a deep fried oyster. Well, I don't know about that. Because you they're deep fried. Rocky Mountain oysters go- are goal- deep fried, goal- right? Um, I don't know. Oysters prepared the same way as testicles. Could you tell the difference? Is I'm going to go with, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with a big 10-4. Because these are not small testicles, by the way. There, there are big. also very large oysters. But those are flat. They're like, come on. Maybe they ball up when you cook them. Who knows? I have been told they are delicious, but I can't get around what they are. I guess use the entire animal. I believe this. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't have any problem with them. It just doesn't have to be me. Could be, though. Could it be could, you. It could be. You're right. It could be. I mean, you you just have to eat what I cook anyway. Merch idea. Douglas continues, a shirt that has a Yesu or other higher quality HT in rows and bow fangs growing like weeds with the caption, a hard row to hoe. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> one. Yes. On a similar note, bow fangs growing along the road 
or in cracks in the road with the caption, a hard road to hoe. Mm. <laughs> I like both of these. I like both of them. Too. I'm, not, I'm not sure. Sh- I'm going to have to workshop it. But again, if, if we make it, you get one. I, I don't know how long people are going to hang on to the road to hoe. I hope forever. (laughs) Ruining American idioms one at a time. (laughs) I I feel so bad for people to have to learn her language. (laughs) Yes. Arkansas versus Kansas. It's not our Kansas. (laughs) No. I actually found out why that was. And it has to do with the countries that originally um, settled there. Yeah, because there's there's France yeah. versus uh, England, mm-hmm. right? And it's right along that area <laughs> that there's a split. Okay. So at least that's what I read. Somebody can tell me oh, if I'm wrong. Oh, boy. Here we and go. And give me an entomology. This is, this is the land that we didn't want to go into where yeah. <laughs> states are battling each other via our podcast emails. I don't think anybody goes around calling it Arkansas, though. It is most definitely Arkansas. Okay. Okay, so... People that are foreign. The de- <laughs> Going back to the point of the whole thing that you brought up, I, I don't know. I found out that the, your that the California accent means that we don't pronounce, pronounce our T's. Yeah. And it blew my mind because somebody asked me to say the word cat. And I was like, cat, that's cat. And they were like, cat. Oh, my God. It's cat. <laughs> that's not how I say it. It's a glottal T. But apparently that has proliferated across the U.S. already. Suck so. it, everyone else. <laughs> but also, that's like a lot. Cat. That's a lot. That's how we cat. teach it to children. <laughs> and then they say, girl. And then they grow up and they get more efficient. (laughs) What's the other one? What's the other one that's really bad? Um, I mean, all of them. (laughs) (laughs) All of them. Shirt. Shirt. (laughs) Shirt. Sure. Whatever. All right. Uh, Douglas continues, I do have a new diamond NR770HA coming and to use a new portable mast for when I'm in Texas. Now I need to get to building some dipoles for 10 to 80 meters. I keep forgetting the type of dipole. <coughs> Excuse me. I keep forgetting the type of dipole that isn't a linked or fan dipole that uses some sort of electronic piece between each band section of the dipole. I will be getting an SWR meter so that I can test each antenna to make, uh, to take as much quest work out of the building. I, I think that means guesswork. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another project is making those shelving units and cabinets for the shack to store all the radio equipment in oh the shack, gosh. as well as organize the rest of it. Do you have any ideas for building these? I have done a couple radio consoles out of wood for my truck, but wood has gone up well above MDF lately, and even that has gone up. Yeah. And that's from Douglas, K-I-7-L-I-K. Two, he had two questions in there. So I'm assuming he's referring to traps, trapped dipole. Okay. 
Um, About or, the dipole that uses an electric electronic piece between each band section well he said electronic dipole. though so here there actually is a dipole that you can make that has a little electronic switch and you apply power and it disconnects it opens a relay disconnecting the other side of the, huh. the antenna okay and there are you know there's, there are electronic switches right? sure so you you just have those uh, connected in series, connected to switches in your shack or whatever that you flip power, and it will disconnect some portion of that antenna. Interesting. And what was the other thing? Uh, the, cabinets. Oh, the cabinets. Not really. I'm, I wouldn't consider myself a, a good woodworker. I use plastic bins. I have a plastic bin that I like. Uh, I think that the bigger th- there's a. It seems like there's a depreciating returns when it comes to bins. They start getting too big, and then they don't fit somewhere. Mm-hmm. I find the bins that are as tall as your shelf is tall, but kind of more towards the narrower side, works a little bit better for me, so that I can get more of them on one shelf. What did you use, though? You you had a kit that you used to build your workbench, mm-hmm. and then I think... And it's like oh. a bracket. Yeah, but you're talking about cabinets and drawers. I, I or use shelving. The, the two by four shelving units. What is it? Two by four system for the workbench. Okay. And that's available on Amazon. We'll drop a link in the show notes. And then the other thing that you love more than anything in terms of organization is pegboards. I you do like pegboards. Bananas over pegboards. Yeah, I do like pegboards. The little pegboard baskets are fantastic for wires. The one thing, though, to be able to use them effectively, you must go buy Velcro tie straps for your cabling. I cannot stress this enough. The one thing that you seem to accumulate more than anything as a ham when you start buying stuff is cables. You get coax, you get uh, speaker cables, audio cables, you get USB cables, so many USB cables. I always Velcro wrap them and then they go right in those little bins and easy for me to find them. Excellent. Hope that helps Douglas. The next email is from David. Uh, bear with me because there are certain parts of this email that I'm supposed to read and then not supposed to read and they're, wow. they're alternating. It's titled, Great Show and Some Information About Self-Defense Devices. Okay. Oh, I was supposed to leave out the whole name. But I think... You just said... Yeah, sorry. Sorry about that. But that's a common enough name. You just said the first name. Yes. I think that's a common enough name that... It's not, it's not a big deal. Sorry, David. Of Bible fame, David. Yes. Famously having battled Goliath. He knows about self-defense weapons. Let's listen to this man. Hi, Leia and ham radio sidekick Josh. Congrats on getting your technician's license. Thank you so much. I wanted to send an email to you guys to tell you how awesome your show is. And I think there is nothing wrong with the length and wide-ranging discussion of the show. You edited. Thank you. (laughs) The art of conversation has mainly died in the area uh, in the era of 140 character tweets and funny instant feel-good memes that failed to convey any sort of intellectual depth or nuance keep up the awesome work doing what you and josh do thank you i like that that's well said 
I don't have a t-shirt idea, but I have some suggestions for a ham tactical line of self-defense items. Just kidding. Probably not a market you want to delve into. Absolutely not. Yeah. Because every state has varying rules about what can and cannot be sold. I'm assuming if you get, um, if you can get it sold in California, it's probably good in most states except for like Jersey. I don't know. I do have some suggestions for items for you to consider that might be more useful than the stun gun pepper spray combo you had found. A gun. It does sound badass, but also slightly hazardous in combination. Oh, boy. In my law enforcement training, we are constantly reminded not to taser someone who has been pepper sprayed as the taser may set on fire the chemicals and propellants (laughs) in the pepper spray. Yes. Lol, that combined effect could work to your advantage, but it could also be a huge liability. Yeah. Sorry if this discussion is pretty long, but I wanted to give you a good analysis. At first, when you said I could also set the assailant on fire, I wasn't again. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't really dissuade me from. That. Now I'm going to Ripley my pepper and uh, taser, pepper spray and taser together. Do you know what that meant when I said I'm going to Ripley it together? No. What is what is to Ripley something? So Ripley is from Alien, the movie. Okay. And in the end of the first movie, she takes their pulse rifle. And their flamethrower, and she duct tapes them together oh. and wields them at the same time. So this is like how everybody knows that this is true. Oh, everybody! When I say Ripley, when I Ripley together my taser and my pepper spray, everybody knows exactly what I'm saying. All right. Uh, Dave continues. First of all, it is important to understand the legal landscape you are existing in here in California. I agree with Josh that a handgun with an adequate level of training and safe handling. I love that he said adequate. Thank is you. perhaps the most potent equalizer of all the choices out there. However, to be honest, it takes serious commitment, time, and ongoing skills maintenance to get to a level of proficiency where the gun is actually a useful defense tool. Come short on that, and really the gun is just a lucky charm and potentially actually more dangerous <laughs> to you true. and those around you. Also true. Well said. Here in Orange County, the process of getting a CCW through OCSD runs about six to nine months and will cost you just under $500. Dude, I would already have it if I was one town over. (laughs) To complete the initial application process and a bit over $200 every year to renew or maintain your CCW. If you live in LA County, there is essentially no way unless you are even getting an initial interview from LASD, unless you are a celebrity, fabulously rich, a judge, DA, or law enforcement officer. Mm -hmm. It's a terrible situation, but that is what it is. Yes, uh, that is, in fact, what it is. If you carry a firearm without a CCW, it is at least two misdemeanors, one of which could be upcharged to a full felony. A huge and expensive legal hassle with potential jail time, loss of gun rights for at least 10 years, probably for life, and a permanent black mark against ever getting a CCW in California ever. I do not recommend that course of action outside of your home or place of work if your employer has agreed to let you carry there. With I do business from my car. 
<laughs> with all not this. That, by the way, that's not a loophole. You can't do that. <laughs> that yeah. was a joke. Yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you for yeah, being I gotta, a very not clear. Not a lawyer. Yes. And don't do what I do. Not a I'm lawyer. Not, I do not that, legal advice. Not not any advice. <laughs> a joke. Yes. <laughs> With all self-defense options, there are pros and cons and compromises. If you can't have a firearm legally on you and a knife isn't your thing, and having to let an attacker get very close is a very bad thing, here are some items that are better than pepper spray in many ways. Knives are a serious self-defense tool, as in lethal force level, but the training required uh, yes. is also quite high, and it's messy slash grisly close-range option yes. that may not be suitable for everyone. Carrying a concealed fixed blade knife, dirk dagger, or automatic knife is a felony, he by is the way. so many California legal terms, I... <laughs> I appreciate all the California terms, but I don't know that everybody... What is a blade knife dirk dagger? Okay, so anything fixed in California, I believe that's what do you, concealed. What does that mean, fixed? It doesn't fold. Okay, okay. So it's a all fixed right. blade. Okay. A dagger implies double-sided, double-edged. Okay. A dirk is just another name for dagger, double-edged. Okay. Automatic knife means a switchblade, but in California, oh. oddly enough... Anything under two inches is legal for an automatic knife. Okay. Automatic implies out the front and out and flip open. It covers both. Interesting. There's also gravity knife. You didn't mention gravity knife, but that's Wait, I'm not even done. Oh, okay. I'm just kidding. Gonna, <laughs> gonna While a fixed blade is the most reliable, fastest. Yep. Yeah. To bring to bear, understand mm -hmm. that this is a serious charge and could result in loss of gun rights and never <laughs> being able to get I, a CCW I would like, I would like to point in the out, future if Connor charged. I know we're going in. This is too much California law, but okay. I would like to point out that he said it's two misdemeanors with the chance that it could get upgraded to a felony if you get caught with a gun in California, a loaded concealed weapon, loaded concealed firearm. If you get caught with a fixed blade that classifies as a dirt dagger or whatever that is not lawful, mm -hmm. straight felony. Really? Straight felony. That's crazy. You know what also will get you a hot felony in California? What? Nunchucks, brass knuckles, blackjacks, which are fantastic self-defense weapons. What? Those are hard felonies. What is a blackjack? A sap. It's a fit, it's a it's a weighted slug wrapped in leather oh, thought, that cracks somebody was... in the head with and it puts him to sleep. Like a playing card, just hit somebody with an ace. And a yeah, jack. that's <laughs> it. Blackjack. Only the blackjack, though. Yeah. And you got to yell. Every other card's fine. And you got to yell twenty-one when you throw yeah. it. Real problems at the casino. And then when the person's laying on the ground, you turn away while you put your sunglasses on, and it says, it "Looks like you busted." <laughs> That's how that works. That <laughs> double hard felony. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like you busted. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, throwing stars, hard felony too. Okay. California hard felony. 
Great, great. So, I can go on and on. Anything so ninja, anything that was popularized in an '80s ninja movie, hard <laughs> felony, go straight to jail. It is the equivalent of a Pinewood Derby and Matt Rober tips. <laughs> if you saw it on Matt Rober, it is illegal in the Pinewood Derby. Go to jail, straight to jail. Yes. <laughs> Dave continues. If you're comfortable with knives. Look at the assisted opening folding knives that are very fast to deploy and legal in California. Watch for knife length restrictions in a couple of cities in California. Good point. Also very true. There is no actual limitation on the blade length of a legal concealed folding knife. Except that it can't. Okay. So here's here's also a really dumb California thing. Has to be concealed. Technically, a pocket clip counts as not being concealed what and then the blade length comes back into play it has to be completely concealed this is insane do you know a knife that i carried for a while was seven inches long the folding blade seven inches long what it was back when jinko jeans were popular jinko jeans (laughs) so you'd have space for it that's of course yeah. <laughs> when you're rollerblading and then skinny jeans came in ruin the whole game uh, no more seven inch blades <laughs> you is... think i'm joking i'm not it was a cuda gibbs max it was a it was a kind of a custom knife that was made by camillus the majority of their knives were five inches long he made only 200 or 500 seven inch models all right i sold that thing for a lot of money and if i kept it it would have been worth it, w- it would have probably paid for that icon that's how much it's worth now I please don't get into collecting knives in addition to ham radios. I have a ton please, of knives that please. I have collected and Let's put away know. that I bought like a decade ago that are all like well over like three hundred dollars. Okay, well, wait, I'll, I don't even know why I mentioned. I'll this. get into that collection yeah, I don't later. Even, <laughs> what have I done? Dave continues. This is what. I have my wife carry in her purse. It's a Kimber America pepper blaster. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, good call. It projects at high speeds. Mm -hmm. It can blow under or off glasses or sunglasses in a stream of very concentrated noxious pepper gel that contains UV dye that doesn't wash off for identification later by law enforcement. You get only two shots from one unit, but it has better range. 13 feet yeah a tighter stream and since it isn't driven by a propellant less dispersion i.e if you catch some of the spray also if it's windy in the wrong direction the pepper blaster also has a longer shelf life since there is no aerosol to leak out check out youtube for various test and testimonials you do only get two shots but it's not expensive well that's good to know i actually um ended up buying some palm i think and pomegranate flavored pepper spray exactly yeah and uh saber mm-hmm. uh pepper sprays and i um i gave them to all of the asian women that i care about <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding i didn't give it to if you're listening and you're one of my asian female friends i'm just, and i didn't give you they a pepper spray to this i'm podcast. just kidding <laughs> uh the next a suggestion Wonderful. is <laughs> I thought I fixed that. You have not fixed it. <clears throat> the next suggestion is Pepperball, who makes uh, military law enforcement grade products, also has a line of consumer self defense products. Uh, and I'll, I'll link that in the description. 
That's literally like, they, they make guns that kind of look like guns, though. They fire paintball-like spear, spheres that have pepper power powder or gel inside. Some models have multiple shot capacity. They have a longer range, 50 to 150 feet, than pepper spray or a taser, um, and have integrated light-slash-aiming lasers. Not as expensive as a taser, but offer some different capabilities in different form factors. The ones that look like a big flashlight are pretty interesting. Hmm. That's pretty cool. A real taser will cause neuromuscular incapacitation, and not just pain effects that the one you had found um, and is available for civilians. It's from taser.com. And it's the Taser Pulse Plus. It has a longer range than regular pepper spray, about two feet more than the pepper blaster. Disengaging the safety turns on a light and laser for easier, easy targeting. Understand that the tasers have an approximately 20 to 25% failure rate. Yep. If not higher than that, I would argue. For various reasons. And that you only have one shot without changing the cartridge slow yep. to do and is very expensive almost the price of a decent handgun yep. and additional slash spare cartridges are also quite expensive anyhow super long email i know wanted to let you know there were some good some good options out there keep up the great work and stay safe i know times are stressful and really strange right now but we'll all get through this together if we look after one another i agree thank yeah, you so much dave I I would argue, too, that the tasers become less accurate the further away you are from the target. Sure. Because those probes will just start drifting away from each other, and then they're not going to have a tight pattern. Also, one of the reasons why I don't recommend a lot of people think of knives as for self-defense is because there's actually a certain level of conditioning that you need, not just training. Oh, strength, right? Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that you can definitely cut someone with a knife, no problem. But if you were, again, you're that close to somebody and you're fighting with them and you, for some reason, start fighting over the knife, all of a sudden grip strength becomes really important. Mm. It does with a gun, too, but the difference is with a gun, you have range. Right. At least you can, maybe, depending on how the whole education goes down. But Oh, Dave 100%. actually has one more suggestion, mm-hmm. and it's a burna. Oh. And it, and he says it looks like a regular compact handgun, but is smaller slash better looking than the pepper balls offering. Shoots pepper balls and hard rubber rounds, seven shots. Not considered a handgun slash firearm, so no CCW required. How if it shoots plastic rounds? Interesting. Okay. There are other manufacturers of pepper balls like launchers um, out there if you look around. Stay safe. Thank you so much, Dave. I am going to look into these things. I, I mean, I immediately went out and got pepper spray and uh, aborted taser mission. Mm. So <laughs> I am looking at this. Uh, Burna is spelled B-Y-R-N-A. Yes. That's pretty cool. Man, this was such a That's an great. amazing email. Yeah. The amount of information. I really appreciate the time you took to... Leia is definitely going to... Go back and look over this email for sure. I know. Yeah. Thank you. These legit look like guns, though. Like, you, you could get... <laughs> the gray ones look like a gun. I mean, they all are guns, but, like, one of them is bright, bright orange. Mm. So it's like, yeah. maybe you won't get shot immediately, right? right? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, interesting. Okay, very good. Thank you for the uh, for the ideas. 
The next email is titled Hot Sauce, and this is from William. Leia and Josh, I share your love of hot sauce and ham radio. Well, thank you. Last week, the discourse on HRCC focused on the appeal of hot sauce varietals, Cholula, Yucatan, and Mm -hmm. also highlighted some of the more controversial topics, Muff, Skyline Chili. Mm. Of course, this caused me to appreciate how this level of intensity can be contained and shortened, shored up, Mm -hmm. a podcast format. My t-shirt submission attempts to honor the fact that HRCC is almost too hot to handle, and it's a (laughs) hot sauce bottle with an antenna sticking out of it. And uh, it says, almost too hot to handle uh, next to it. Uh, cheers in 73, William, AG5ZN in Dallas. Thank you, William. Thank you, William. And uh, that <laughs> if we make this shirt, <laughs> we'll send it to you. Though it's hard to tell that the hot sauce bottle that has the HRCC logo on it, it says hot science. It's hard to tell that when you put an antenna on the hot right. sauce, that it's a ham radio. Right. So that that might need to be workshopped a little. And it's like a yeah. Yagi. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next email is... Oh, mm-hmm. okay. The next email is titled, My Sincerest Apologies. And this is from Jeff. Greetings. I want to offer my sincerest apologies for labeling my email last week as not for air. I thought, yeah. So so Jeff actually emailed uh, a suggestion for something that said, you know, it was not for air. Mm-hmm. But he follows up, I thought I was doing a good thing in helping tighten up the podcast, but alas, I see the error of my ways and feel horrible that I removed a tangential topic from you that would allow you and Josh more bonding time as you expressed your desire for later in the last podcast. Please accept my apologies and accept my email from last week as a small token to make amends. <laughs> now read it. Greetings. I heard you talking about seeds on the podcast last week, and I wanted to share a couple of garden seed companies that I use that are great for preserving heirloom seeds. Links below. I found Kitazawa for my wife, who is from Asia, Malaysia via North India. We met in the old-fashioned way before the internet. We were pen pals, but that's another story. Oh, that's Hmm. sweet. I actually, I want to hear that story. How do people meet pen pals, right? I was able to sign up for Oh, really? I think so, yeah. Well, you just took the mystery out of it. Thank you. <laughs> you just start sending out letters? <laughs> yeah, just randomly. Random. I was able to find seeds for the plant she wanted but could not locate. Anyhow, hope you have a great day. And I'll, um, I'll post the uh, links in the show description, but this is seedsavers.org and then kitazawaseed.com. Longtime fan, 73s and 88s, Jeff, K1JDP. P.S. As far as I'm concerned, the podcast is not long enough. I truly enjoy listening to you two enjoy life. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you very much. I was just thinking to myself, how if we stacked it all up, the amount of times people said the podcast isn't long enough, how much time was it in you saying they're saying it's not long enough so excitedly (laughs) Mm -hmm. i have built a uh a planter in in front of our house yes that is made of uh cinder 
block retaining blocks. They're the, yeah, the retaining blocks. The, the stackable ones, yeah. which I did all by myself. You did? I, I dug it. I leveled well, it. Well, I helped a little bit, and the kids helped a little bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. The kids, the kids helped by throwing dirt chunks around while I was shoveling. <laughs> yes. Fair enough. And you also did that. So thank you. I didn't throw any dirt. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I For no reason. And until, yes, thank you very much. And I fixed the sprinklers. Ben did help me move some bricks. He did, yeah. yes. That is very nice. He, But he insists on working with gloves. I mean, because the cinder blocks are rough. Yeah, right? they're super rough. So, but I wasn't even wearing gloves. I was just like, I'm just going to power through this. I'm not going to even bother finding my gloves. Ben's like, I'll be right back. <laughs> and he goes in and tears up his room looking for Literally these gloves. Literally tore the room apart. And, and comes out and he's like, I was just looking for my gloves. <laughs> I'm ready to work now. Yes. He is very much like you in that way. You have your things yeah. that you need to well, I mean, do just, the job. It, it makes you able to do the job longer, too. You can sure. work longer if you have the right tools. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. And then I'm also doing a planter in the backyard that is the um, two by four planter, or the, or maybe it's a two by six planter. Um, mm-hmm. Made of two by fours in the cinder block corners. Uh, there are specialty blocks that are notched out. Right. Exactly. Yeah. For quick raised beds that require very little hardware or yes. or building skill, as it were. Thank you, Jeff. The next email is a follow-up from William, who improved upon his design and then added Morse code to the hot sauce, the mm. almost too hot to handle okay hot sauce bottle okay so thank you william for continuing to improve upon Mm -hmm. your t-shirt design like it yes like commitment (laughs) yeah the next email is titled merch idea this is from ben hello josh and leia not not our ben a different we get merch ideas from ben all the time yeah (laughs) congrats leia on passing your tech thank you very much it's been a while since I've had time to listen to the podcast, but I was listening in the shack this morning with writer's block, just staring at my giant oversized Rick and Morty mouse pad when I thought of how nice it would be to have a giant oversized band plan over there instead. So I immediately thought, why not send Ham Tactical a merch idea? No idea if it's been done yet or not, but I thought I'd throw that out there. 73-W-O-A-Y-E. Uh, Ben from Minnesota. Ben, there are actually a number of people who already publish band plans, including the ARRL. No, they actually make mouse pads for it. He said he wants a mouse pad with a band plan on it. Yes, there are. And I believe the ARRL sells one. Yes. Yeah. So we probably will not have a band plan series Mm -hmm. unless for some reason i have a new way to present a band plan (laughs) (laughs) so what we're gonna do is we're gonna erase the arrl's logo on (laughs) (laughs) but maybe there's an easier way to envision the band plan rather than a bunch of bars do you know what i mean what the the bars yeah maybe there's a different way like what? Maybe it's vertical. <laughs> the ARRLs are vertical. Icons um, is horizontal. Okay. Uh, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're not bars at all. Yeah. Okay. Like what? 
And maybe they're not columns at all. Maybe maybe it's a maybe feeling. it's a pie chart. <laughs> maybe it's just a feeling. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. And <laughs> you know, I mean, we uh, make to rulers and things for to measurements. A like frequency up. is a is a way to to be precise with. You know, it's a, it's, <laughs> the precision maybe, is really maybe what we're we do for. it in saturation of color. Oh yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> this hue is for technicians. Mm-hmm. This is the two meter hue. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. And uh, we refer you to the ARRL for your band plan mouse pad, I think. Or ICOM, it sounds like. Does ICOM just give them away for free? You just print it out. Oh, they, well, I mean, you the can A-double-R-L- print out a mouse pad? No. <laughs> I mean, I guess um, it depends on the type of mouse you're using. If you had like a plastic a piece of paper, <laughs> if you had a plastic desktop or you could put it underneath the desktopper. Ooh, there you solutions. Go. The next email is titled a germanium diode questions from Chris. I am emailing to explain the germanium diode question. Am I saying that right? Germanium. germanium yeah. Okay. I don't think that the voltage is particularly important to remember, but in the concept of, but the concept of a diode is useful. Many electrical engineers use a water analogy for electric circuits, so mm. I will use it here. The current is the flow of the water. The voltage is the height of the water. A resistor is a pipe that allows the water to flow from high to low. An ideal diode is one is a one-way valve that allows water to flow one way through the circuit, but not the other way. The two most common circuits uh, that you will see at ham radio with diodes are rectifiers for converting the alternating current from your wall into a direct current to power your circuit, and detectors for converting an AM signal to an audio signal. Mm, an good. ideal diode begins to conduct as soon as the voltage across the diode is positive. The most common types of diodes are silicone diodes. Mm -hmm. These diodes continue to act like an open circuit until their threshold voltage of 0.6 volts is reached. That means they don't work very well for detecting signals less than 0.6 volts. Germanium is a semiconductor that is very similar to silicon, but germanium diodes turn on at a lower voltage. Finally, the key to remembering this answer is a story. Crystal radios are the simplest AM radios. It is just a coil of wire, a diode, and a headphone. I actually have a crystal radio kit that I bought for Ben Mm. that was for sale in the Boy Scouts uh, store. Yeah. So maybe I will build that with him so I can learn what the hell we're talking about right now. Yeah, that'd be good. The only really important part is that the diode has to have a low threshold. So those crystal radios all, most all use germanium diodes. If you really want to go down a rabbit hole, read up on foxhole radios. People made radios where the detector was made from a razor blade and a pencil. Mm -hmm. Wow. They blacken the razor too. Huh. And the pencil because of the lead. I will I will go down this rabbit hole and read Fox about this. Radios are cool. Thank you for the suggestion. And that is from Chris 
NS5EE. They make a crystal set that actually uses a piece of germanium. Like it has a piece of rough germanium that you put on a little pad and you use like a, a it's a modified safety pin. That Interesting. Into it. Yeah. Okay. And I, I want to report again that email correspondent William, who has designed the hot sauce mm-hmm. uh, shirt, has come back with a third design. Oh, oh boy. He continued to work on it. That Uh is perfectionism Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right there. And he added a headset and combined some words. And now it actually does look a little bit more like a ham radio situation. Okay. So thank you. That is, uh, we're going to keep looking at these iterations. I I look forward to your next email, William. (laughs) Mm -hmm. More hot sauce, more ham. More hot sauce, more ham. Okay. Thank you. Funny coincidence is the title of the next email. This is from Edward. Hi, Leia, and what's his name? Wow, it's been a long time. Mm, it's yes. been a long time since we've just yeah, decided just you're straight, not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how does it feel when that comes back? Doesn't bother me. Does it, see? That's that's exactly how you get people to start using your name. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them are, are good. I know. I really like the creative yeah. <laughs> the creative demotion. <laughs> so I took and passed a technician's exam two days ago. Congratulations, Congratulations, Ed. As I was driving to the exam site, I was listening to the podcast that went over the 10 question takers. Uh, the 10 questions takers were most likely to miss. As I listened, I became even more nervous since I didn't uh, do very well with those questions. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's... <laughs> that was not the intention for that, by the way. Once I got to the site and opened my test booklet, one of the first questions was one that an hour ago I had no idea how to answer. However, due to the podcast, I did. Nice. It wasn't the difference between passing and failing, but it still made me smile. Thank you for putting out enjoyable, informative content. And by chance, if we ever meet, the first beer's on me. Oh, thank you. And that's from Ed, call sign forthcoming. The beer's for what's his name? Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much, Adam. So glad to hear that that episode helped you on your yeah, test. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, congrats. Congrats. Yeah. The next email is titled Electric Boogaloo. And this is from Michael. As I was falling asleep last night, I heard the discussion about trying to cook a hot dog with RF. Leia, you got to tell him, baby, you got the wrong frequency. 60 hertz is the ticket. You take two nails, attach each nail to a lead of an electric power cord, shove each nail into one of the ends of the hot dog to be cooked, plug it in, and voila, your cooked hot dog. I I know that. There was a very popular commercial version in the 70s. I know. The Presto Hot Dogger. My family had one, which was the source of much delight. On a much and if you left them in a little too long, they'd explode. Really? Yeah. They, you know, Did you they, have one? They like get cracked down the middle. Did you have one? Uh, no. Oh. On a more serious note, I did some searching since I could no longer sleep, stimulated as I was by this notion. I found a couple of articles that might be of interest, which leads me to believe that he might want to get a two meter or sixty or seventy centimeter handheld Yagi, such as people use for satellite repeaters, and point the beam at the innocent and unex- 
unsuspecting meat tube, he would probably still have to use a lot of power. Yes. And there's a couple of links here to microwave oven and dielectric heating. I hope this correspondence contributes to your enjoyment. Thank you. Mike AD0L. If oh. you want to actually see this device, go uh, go search for the YouTube channel Tech Moan. All one word, tech and then moan. Okay. And search hot dog on his channel. Gotcha. He, he has it. It actually has like these little spikes. You shove the hot yes. dogs into it and you push Mike down actually on it. included a picture of the hot dogger. Yeah, it's that's a very interesting device. Uh, Mike also wanted to know we, we referenced the, um, the campsite in Ramona that had no noise floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is called the Westerby Ranch in Ramona, California, Mike. And if you'd like to go there, it's fantastic and oh yeah one of the owners is a ham so mm-hmm. i guess there's a very big ham scene out there actually oh, of course yeah, yeah. i bet hobensteaders mm-hmm. in california there, that's where there they go. are a lot of preparedness minded folks out there oh yeah mm-hmm. do you remember where somebody just started shooting and then we realized that um way over the way they had an entire sh- uh Shooting range yeah. set up. They built right? up a berm. Yeah. And they had tables out there and stuff. It was pretty They're cool. They're having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what are they shooting over there? All right. Thank you, Mike. And I, I hope if you stay at the Westerby Ranch that you will enjoy it. And I'll, um, I'll pop something in the show notes uh, to link it again. If you don't want to wait, there, I'm sure it's in a past show note when we talk about our stay. Mm-hmm. I think it's the one around the time of the last man standing event. Yes. Yeah. All right. The next email is titled, Would You Believe It? Another T-shirt idea. This is from Ed. Hi, Leah. I was listening to your podcast on one of my runs, which seemed to be getting longer, but covered the same distance. You were talking about Skyline Chili, which I imagine is like stag chili here in the UK. Nope. We have stag chili in the US. Yeah, and I would not say they're anything alike. Yeah. It, I, if you have the same stag chili we have, which I'm assuming there are some regional variances, right. but I'm guessing that they do not share a flavor profile at all. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. We'd have to go and have UK stag chili <laughs> to find out. <laughs> you go on Amazon stag chili? No, that's the American version. Wouldn't, wouldn't, it, wouldn't that, Maybe he sends a picture of what his stag chili looks yes. like, like the can, and then open it and let me look at it, and I'll tell you. I've ate Josh a lot of stag is a chili. connoisseur. Yeah, of, of stag chili. My my mom in particular really likes stag chili. <laughs> then it hit me: you can't have a Skyline Chili T-shirt, but Skyline sounds like Skywave, and Skywave equals ham radio. Oh. So. A tea that says Skywave Chillin' over a cityscape of UV5Rs. Keep up the good work. Okay. Love the Chili podcast. Or love the podcast, not the Chili podcast. No, you, you got it. I mean, 73's M7EGY. So, Ed, I, I, I do already have this... Uh, Shirt idea. It will not say Skyline Chili. You are you're actually working on it. Yes. Yeah. I can't. I can't get the UV five R Skyline. Just right. Yeah. Exactly. Still working. <laughs> but thank you so much for the inspiration, and uh, I hope you're enjoying your run. Yeah. 
<laughs> the next email is titled Purse Fiddling. And this is from Jeff. Greeting Queen of the Land and Her Highness Jester Juan. Juan. <laughs> okay. And it's back. It's <laughs> Creative back. titles. <laughs> Enjoyed your last podcast and wanted to drop a little information for you. Living in Arizona, we aren't required to have a CCW to to carry concealed, although it is recommended. So there is a knowledge of rights and responsibilities of doing so. Because of this, there is a very large popularity of concealed carry purses for women. They are very versatile and most have a Velcro panel on the inside and separate partition that allows you to customize your carry. There are many pepper spray holsters and flashlight attachments so you can set up whatever you want for your EDC. CBs are Navy Construction Corp personnel. Oh, basically combat construction. Yeah. We said, I looked it up. (laughs) I was going to, oh, actually, let me, let me address uh, this. Jeff um, uh, was talking about Arizona Mm -hmm. and the bags that are available. I'm in a Facebook group called Sheepdog Mamas. Mm -hmm. And that, that is one of the major things they talk about. How are you concealed carrying? Because it is a challenge for women. We can't really just stick it into every outfit that we wear Mm -hmm. because we're not always wearing they make like clips that go like on the bra yes yeah yeah and you can like hang a holster off of it i'm like how is that comfortable i i think i could get a bag that has the appropriate partitions but i'm also not i don't wear a purse very often anymore because i i have a system where It's called, I carry everything in my hands. Yes. (laughs) Because I have no pockets. My my phone case and some other things. And I've kind of taken to carrying occasionally a crossbody. But uh, I don't know. You really got to be careful, though, with like, those bags have like separate compartments that zip closed or fasten closed. Nothing else can get into. Right. Like you don't want... You don't want anything falling into the bag like a lip gloss tube, right? Hey, that's smaller than the diameter of the trigger guard. Right. And you get something jammed in there, and all of a sudden you're pulling it out, and you know you have an ND or something like that. You know, th- these are all things that I know people talk about and consider because it's like serious. You know, that's yeah. You, you got to be really careful with that. I, I haven't seen. I shouldn't say. A good solution because there are a ton of good solutions out mm-hmm. there uh, that a lot of women-owned companies have come out with mm-hmm. to deal with the female conceal carry situation. I can't conceal carry anyway, so I have tended to not look so much anymore because I get so upset. Right, right, right yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think you're right. I think I need to find something um, to hold the options that I can use right uh jeff continues i was going to email you about the entitled person criticizing josh on his weight last week but i got so (laughs) angry that i was messing up my typing on how much i was shaking body shaming is on par with racism and misogyny and has no place in any society haters gonna hate thank you for your amazing podcast 73 that's Jeff from Make It and Fix It. He he has the YouTube yeah. channel. Uh, K 
KJ7UHH. I, I agree with your words completely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, again, I've got a pretty thick skin for that kind of stuff. But it, it, it's also to the point where it's like, yeah, if you send it, it's kind of like, I'm just not going to read it. And Leia doesn't really, you know, just remind, like, just skip it. <laughs> just right. Uh, Jeff important. does have a backstory, though. Okay. Uh, He says, I should probably offer some backstory on my previous email and the reason for my anger concerning the comments in the wait email. My ex-mother-in-law made comments like this to my son and caused him to stop eating when he was very young because he was afraid of being called fat. Entitled people think that they have the right to make comments like this, and it does a lot of damage. If you choose not to read this um, and my other email on the podcast, I totally understand. I just that you had the right to hear the backstory. Yeah. Keep up the great Thanks. work. Jeff, thank you so much for writing in and sharing the story. I I I think what you're saying is important. Yeah. Right. And uh, that's gotta be horrible for a child to go through that. Uh it's heartbreaking. Yeah. It just how does a grandparent even They think they're doing a good thing. They think if if the end result is that the kid loses weight then that's better than any potential damage they've done to their psyche yeah. to get to that point. It's a and very ends justify the means. And I mean, that goes back to the entitlement, right? Of yeah. like, I know what's better for you. So just shut up and do what I'm saying. Right. Kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. The next email is titled, You've Come a Long Way, Baby, from Greg. <laughs> that was How's a long that- road. <laughs> How's that for a throwback? Not that we should be looking back fondly on a tobacco ad. I was going to say, that's a cigarette ad. It's like Virginia Slims, I think. But like, that's some some madman level ad stuff. I think it's because they sold 120s. Yeah, that's... They're longer than 100s. One of my favorite old-timey, would-not-fly today cigarette ads, basically told the gentleman smoking the cigarette to blow the smoke in the face of the woman and what? then she'll follow you anywhere what yeah, yeah, yeah i'll look it up right now what is this that's crazy brandon yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's wow yeah leah if you want to see just how far you've come as far as ham knowledge is concerned listen to your reply as to why you thought the hot dogs didn't cook in last week's podcast then go back even just six months and listen to your responses to various ham radio topics nicely stated and you even suggested that he use an antenna that was not designed to minimize loss bravo young lady bravo 73 N3GDS. I'm now showing Leia the ad. Blow it in her face and she'll follow you anywhere? What is Tipolette? It's some cigarilla looking thing. It's probably <laughs> like cloves. Clo- well, maybe cloves, I guess. Hit her with tangy <laughs> Tipolette cherry. Wow. Or rich, grapey Tipolette. Oh. Burgundy or luscious Tipolette blueberry. It's wild. I'm reading ad copy right now. Yeah. <laughs> Tipple it. It's new. Delicious. Delicious in taste and in aroma. A puff in her direction, and she'll follow you anywhere. Oh, yes. And then three periods, your favorite. Ellipses. Uh, You'll get smoking satisfaction without inhaling smoke. What? What? So it's just to blow in the woman's face? It's just for attracting the women's, I guess. Wow. 
All right. Thank you so much, Craig. Oh, it's a cigarillo, so that's why you're okay. not inhaling it. It's, gotcha. it's like a cigar, yeah. Thank you, Greg. That that actually makes me feel good. Have yeah. I come a you long did. way? Thank you. You did a great job. All right. The next email is titled Power Supply. This is from Nicholas. Hello, Leia and Josh. First of all, congratulations to Leia on getting your tech ticket. Thank you, Nick. I have had my tech license since October of 2020. Currently, I only have my Yesu FT. 70D. I'm looking into getting a mobile radio to use as a base station at home so that I can hit some more local repeaters and check into some nets. I'd like to try and plan ahead for my power needs. I need to run a circuit for my shack. The question is to Josh, do I need to have a 30 amp breaker in the panel if I'm planning on using a 30 amp power supply? Appreciate any input or suggestions. 73 for now, Nick, KD2UVD. Uh, good question. I don't, I'm going to give you an answer, but I would recommend that you, you know, go look online for other sources, get a second opinion, if you will, even talk to an, elect, uh, an electrician. No, you would use likely a 20 amp breaker, maybe even a 15 amp breaker if there's not a lot on that, on that uh, circuit. The 13 amps is for the maximum output of the power supply, not the breaker. That You mean the 30 amp? Yeah, it's a 30 amp power supply, meaning its okay. maximum output in amperage is 30 amps. Gotcha. Not that okay. it must be on a circuit that is also 30 amps. 30 amps is a really odd breaker. Not many things use 30 amps. Okay. Well, hope that answers your question, Nick. Thank you for the email. The next email is titled Purse Carry, and this is from Derek. Good morning. I was listening to the most recent podcast, and you guys were talking about CCW and self-defense weapons. I have to chime in and say it is a bad idea to carry in your purse for two main reasons. One, that's the first thing an attacker is going to take. Yep. Your purse. Two, what's the first thing you're going to forget about in an emergency situation? Your purse. I have some military training and experience, though nowhere near what uh, a guy like Mike Glover has in his pinky toe. But I can tell you a weapon that's not on your person will not be there when you need it. That's part of why the military will drill into your head not to be more than an arm's reach away from your weapon. That being said, this is just my opinion, and there are people that are of the opinion that a weapon that's not ideal, but more likely that you will have with you due to convenience is better than a weapon left at home. This is especially used in caliber arguments, yes. but also applicable to purse carry. Either way you choose, good on you for be even being in the mindset of self-defense and self-sustainability, both good traits that too many people have lost or never had. Thanks to you and Joosh for another great Joosh. podcast. I like it. And have a good day. Derek, N-O-D-C-W-73. And uh, Thank I, you, Derek. The only thing I will mention is that Mike Glover EDCs a sling bag, and I believe he sometimes has a firearm in it. Interesting. So it's a Patagonia Adam sling bag. This is also a really good point that a purse would definitely be really the main target of an attack, right? Yeah. For the vast majority. So purse carry, likely not a good idea. Mm -hmm. 
I what I ended up doing with one of the uh, pepper spray containers that I got, and I'm and if anybody this is great. has great input, pod, you're you're jingling uh, your keys yes. on, a, on a podcast. Great. Uh, I, I put it on a key. Chain I love how you're aiming I at always... your face too. That's really nice. So you're looking right down the barrel of that. Yes, thing. Well, I'm not looking. I'm. I, it's got the safety on the safety. Yeah. The safety. I know we're talking about like it's a gun, but yeah. she's not literally looking down the barrel of a gun. No, it's pretty far. You know, this this brings up a good point. Uh, what if we take the EDC, you know, the, the CCW bag, right? It has the compartment okay. uh, for the firearm. Mm-hmm. We put a Claymore in there. <laughs> and then you never open it again, ever. And you rig the Claymore off somebody opening that. Blow myself up. <laughs> never open that. You know, ne- you never have. You never. It's going to work it. really well with kids. children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, I mean, this mm-hmm. isn't going to work for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, namely Again, me. <laughs> this is not legal advice or self defense advice. Thank you, Derek. You gave me something more to think about. <laughs> yeah. the The funniest things that always like when people start talking about this stuff is just just know whatever your thoughts are, they're stupid. <laughs> because there's always going to be a, a situation where somebody has royally screwed the pooch in doing whatever yeah. it is you think you're going to do and and that's the reality of it right right these things you have to be responsible over you you can hurt yourself know in your a lot weaknesses of cases. know your you strengths. have to appreciate your weaknesses yeah. yeah all that stuff it all plays into it absolutely the next email is titled Ultimate Nerdcast, and this is from Clayton. Leia and Josh, I can't begin to express how much y'all's podcast makes uh, can make a difference in my day. Every day I hop in my car and start delivering for DoorDash and listen to a podcast. The length of the podcast is great as it gives plenty of nerdy content to listen to. Scouting, cooking, beer, wine, Warhammer, books, lamps, and the occasional mention of ham radio. <laughs> That's right. Very true. I find it odd they did not allow graphite at the Pinewood Derby. When I was involved in Pinewood Derby, it wasn't uncommon for us to have extra tubes at the way um, in the race itself if the cars didn't roll properly. I hope your tiger has a great adventure in scouting. Don't forget Jamboree on the Air is every October on the third weekend of the month. I'm sure your local council would love to have scout parents with a passion for radio that would want to help with the event. Josh's videos, as well as the content of many other ham YouTubers, has been so helpful in my journey towards technician. I will be taking my technician test soon and will be working with my local ham club to test for my general shortly after. Thanks to your videos, I am delving feet first into yet another expensive hobby. Much love from STL73, Clayton. Well, let's see if we can turn that into head first. That's what I'd like to see. Yeah. <laughs> head first into ham radio. What's this feet business? Sure. Uh, Clayton, I agree with you. I think it is very bizarre that we were not allowed to oh, use it's, it's so graphite or polish or anything. This could have been a huge experience in the science of speed, right? Yeah. And uh, I don't know, is it participation trophy mentality or what it is? Uh, our Pinewood Derby even has a help day mm-hmm. where parents can bring their scouts in if they don't have the tools to make their Pinewood Derby car mm-hmm. and they'll help them there. Right. We've never gone to help day. 
because we have all the tools, but maybe it's possible that you go to help day and they're like, here's some graphite. Right, <laughs> right. Your wheels aren't. Maybe that's the secret that the togetherness is more important than than doing it by yourself. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I guess we'll find out next year. I'm trying to think of this short story that reminds me of uh, of this, where the whole society has to wear um, weights if they're too strong. Hmm. And they have to take drugs if they're too smart so that everybody is on the same baseline. And this one kid has enough and he takes them all off. And I think he, you've told me about this story. I think before. you've read it and I can't remember the name of it. I always forget it. But at the end of it, he finds a girl that's kind of like has similar, you know, she's, it's, and it's not a Ray Bradbury short. I think it's Ray Bradbury or Vonnegut. Interesting. I could be. Yeah. I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm trying feverishly to try and figure okay, out. Okay. Well, you keep searching. I'm going to thank Clayton again for the very kind words mm-hmm. and a good luck to you on your technician task, Clayton. The next email is titled Your Email Corner, and this is uh, from Don, again, who had emailed earlier, and he sends in a picture of the email corner, the physical representation. It is a house where the first story is smaller than the second story, so the second overhangs the first, and then the third (laughs) overhangs the second, so it is, (laughs) it gets wider at the top. Okay. Thank you, Don. That is an amazing picture of what is an almost upside down pyramid design. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. The next email is titled Cult Fan Letter, and this is from Joseph. Dear Leia and Josh, I have been interested in ham radio topics for a long time now. I never got licensed, though, as there was always something in the way. Uh, I remembered it. Harrison Bergeron. Oh, yeah. Okay. That is, now that you've said the name, yeah. it is familiar. And it was Vonnegut. I, I I was searching Bradbury. I didn't think that was right. And I was like, it's got, it's got an H name. And then, I, then it all just came to me. So Harrison well Bergeron, thank you. Go look that up and read it if you haven't. That's the Pinewood Derby um, scenario in a nutshell. They're just equalizing everybody. The whole playing floor is equalized. Nobody can learn anything STEM. Nobody can have a special moment where the their They're time that they put everyone. in, their, their, you know, whatever. It's all just flashy. What can you do to your car to make it look cute? Oh, well, you know Ben's car came in second in our den. It did? Yes. Oh, I thought whatever. you said it came in, in the middle. I thought it was like third or fourth. It doesn't matter. We didn't win. Maybe visually... Okay. So, I mean, there was some. There was a car that didn't even like pass the finish line. Really? Yeah. Yeah. In our den. Uh huh. Wow. Uh, and our our den leader, well, the the scoutmaster that leads the pack. It's a pack leader. Is that the right pack master? I'm, I'm pack sure. master. <laughs> oh boy. He's an engineer, so he he's. Is? Yeah, he's an engineer. So he's got the entire track set up. He's a comedian. No, our pack, not our den. Oh, oh, oh. Our, our den leader is a comedian, but like a professional comedian. <laughs> he's a funny guy. He's, 
<laughs> so our pack leader is an engineer. And so when he does the Pinewood Derby races, mm-hmm. it's he has it set up on multiple cameras. Mm-hmm. Everything is actually based on triggers. He's not doing anything by eye. Yeah. He, he, yeah. All the sensors it's are a sensor set up. It's trips. For and a second, it captures all the times for the cars. Exactly. Accurate times mm-hmm. from when they started to when they finished. Yep. So um, even if one of the um, the triggers that releases the car is slower than the other, you're still it's tied. getting the right yep. time. Mm-hmm. So it turns out Ben ended up in the middle. <laughs> second, you said. Yeah, in the middle. Second. It's there was like out of three six entries in the, in the middle placement. No, no, but there between was six one and three people in his pack. Right. Okay. So then, top or fifty den. percent. I, I, yeah. It's a den. It's a den. I know troops. Troops are what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> That's Boy Scouts. It's it's very confusing, and it and it makes me really respect the fact that in the armed forces. People understand the rankings and mm-hmm. organization. Mm-hmm. Th- that actually takes so much brain power oh my to gosh. remember and memory. All of yeah, it. And then, yeah. Oh, by the way, if if that person's higher rank than you, you got to stop and salute and all this stuff. Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's amazing. Thank you, armed forces, <laughs> very <laughs> for remembering this complicated. System. Yes. <laughs> for well, I mean, to not only are the members of our armed forces going out there and risking their lives to keep everybody safe and free, right? Mm -hmm. It is also that they have to deal with all of this pomp and circumstance. It's, it's almost a, an odd dichotomy to look at Mm -hmm. where you're kind of like rough and tough, very masculine Mm -hmm. or, um, and not to be sexist about it, but that's kind of the image of a male in the armed forces. Right. Right. But then you have to also be very genteel and understanding right. of uh, etiquette mm-hmm. in a way that I think uh, a civilian doesn't have to right. remember, right? Yeah. Other than if they choose to. Okay, so this email from Joseph continues, a few weeks ago, I found my old FunCube Pro Plus dongle and my Sangjian 909X and remember the times when I was sitting on my balcony listening to far away stations. And what can I say? I felt the urge to get in again and go a step further and get my license. Mm. Unfortunately, the plastic from the volume control of the Sangjian turned into a sticky mess. I read that many users in tropical environments have that problem due to humidity and pressure or temperature. Well, few people have described my home country, Austria, as tropical. (laughs) Yeah. That might be slightly exaggerated, just like the reports of exploding trees here that a former president of yours has made. (laughs) Okay. Did somebody say that? that I don't there know. There were exploding trees in Austria? Okay. I don't I know. I, don't I hadn't know. heard that. Anyway, sorry for the detour. I was Googling for antennas, new SDRs, and so on, and found your YouTube channel and podcast. And oh, what can you. I say? I love your approach. It has so much more freshness. Thank you. Oh, fresh content. Certified fresh. 
Sometimes one could get the impression that this hobby is predominantly ruled by folks of an older age group talking disparagingly about everything that has no vacuum tubes in it. Mm. I believe people like you change this view and bring new people and new life into the hobby. And with this wonderful podcast, you two show us how much fun you can have together and learning all that stuff needed for getting your license. Congratulations on passing your exam, Leah. Thank you, Joseph. Now studying for my, I'm now studying for my CEPT license. I have no idea what the equivalent in the U.S. is, maybe general. And all thanks to you, you've given me the motivation to pursue that goal, even if it might take some time. Thank you so much. Keep up the good work and all the best to you. 73, Joe. Hey, Joe. Thank Thank you. Thank you, Joe. And basically, the thing to keep in mind, it's not a, a tropical thing. If any of your radios or electronics for that matter has that like soft plastic feel, mm-hmm. you know, that, like soft plastic yeah. feels like a rubbery kind of feel to it. Give it about 10 years and it'll start to degrade and turn gooey. Wow. You, you can basically scrub off that plastic surface. The film. And it will go back to a smooth surface. Will it really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no longer be sticky? No longer be sticky. You don't have to hit it with a spray to no. seal it or anything? Generally, no. But you, you do have to spend a lot of time with like isopropyl alcohol, strong alcohol, and just rub it a lot. They may have, they may have something online that you can mix up. Like there's, um, there's something called retro bright, which is something that like retro game people use for consoles that have yellowed. Okay. And I believe it's peroxide and baking soda or something like that. Interesting. Uh, Yeah. Go, go look it up. There's a way to get rid of that film. The next email is titled Micro Green Kits, and this is from Alex. Uh, Alex actually runs moonfarm.us mm-hmm. on TikTok. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he connected with me on TikTok. Uh, Alex says, hi, Leah, great to connect to you with you via TikTok. I know that for me, learning off-grid communications and learning to grow my own food just makes sense together. Absolutely. He has a lot of ham radio content. He actually has a hashtag. It's called eggs and ham because Mm -hmm. he's a farmer and Mm. a ham. Yeah, I've been watching his stuff. It's good. Yeah. Interesting to hear that you all were considering microgreens too. Yeah, I actually do grow um, microgreens occasionally. Mm. It. It all depends, but I was considering getting one of these grow light setups with the trays to do seed starting, and you have told me no because of RFI from the lights. Well, some are better than others, but I don't know. I'm pretty sure you said no. I would prefer so, not. I mean, yeah. It's that or the touch lamp is what you're saying. <laughs> Soon to be X touch lamp. Just a lamp. Don't touch my touch lamp. If you have a good sunny window... There's a good video. Detouching a touch lamp. Yeah. (laughs) Alex continues, if you have a good sunny window, you might be able to get away with growing microgreens there and not have to chant some lights. I can't say for sure whether my lights give off noise or not. I live in a really noisy neighborhood, so I can't really tell if there's a difference with them on or off. Mm. If you'd like, I'd... I'd be happy to send over a couple of kits for you. Just tell me where to send them. Great to meet you, Alex. Uh, if you want to send us anything, 
it goes to Josh Nass, and it's at P.O. Box 5105 in Cerritos, California, 90703. Is that right? P.O. Box 5105. Oh, 5101. Yeah. Sorry. 5105 is a radio. I have screwed myself up. The Shegu 5105. Really? But ours, the, the P.O. Box okay. is five. 5- one zero one and it's in the show notes great just in case you're... there you go thank you alex for the offer <laughs> yeah double check with the show notes the show notes don't lie show notes don't lie uh the next email is titled long range hf reach back for my yl okay and this is from matt hi josh and leia as always great and an informative show Leia, congrats again on your technician. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole of ham radio was holding its collective breath to hear your good news. The I don't know. I don't know radio. if that's true. <laughs> Some, yes, and we appreciate all of you. Yeah, I really do appreciate the enthusiasm yes. for me enthusiasm. getting my tech. <laughs> Uh, and I am sorry to disappoint everybody who has been so eager for me to get my general. <laughs> that is, that's the next in immediate question. Because I don't know what's going to happen with the questions today, but I am. Whew, yeah. Oh boy! If you thought last week was bad, could I be any less helpful? <laughs> I am not going to be. Question for the show. I'm planning several long-range soda overnights this year solo. Is there a way to preemptively set up a calm reach back to my wife via HF when I'm miles out in the woods? If I asked a soda chaser to send a short message to my YL via email, is there a way to do this using a few as few transmissions as possible via a preset message to her email. Yeah, WinLink. Could that include current location coordinates? Yeah. Does WinLink or IRLP do this? I will be out of range of any two-meter or APRS connection in southeast Washington state. So he said IRLP, which is predominantly VHF, UHF. So when he said that, I was like, oh, APRS, do APRS, please do APRS. Do WinLink. Just do WinLink. Super, okay. super easy. Um, with that said, ca- caveats, caveats. When you are running low power, I'm not saying you won't be successful, but I don't know what the node scene is like uh, in the Pacific Northwest. The node scene? Yeah, I'll explain that in a second. I don't know how many stations there are listening for windlink traffic. I don't know what your propagation is going to be like. I don't know what bands you're going to be operating on. Now, generally, 80 meters is the band that you want to be on for windlink. I don't know that he's going to have 80 meters at his, at his disposal. I have had good success on 40 meters. Just know that if you don't have a strong signal into the node, and that's the receiving station that's you're brokering the wind link traffic, okay. you will have a possibly frustrating time making it work. Uh, just keep that in mind. And that's predominantly because of the lower power. Did he say what radio is using? Did I assume he was using QRP? Mm, no. He didn't say, did he? No. Okay. So I don't know what radio you're using, but I'm assuming if you said you're doing soda, you're probably taking something maximum would be like a G90 or something like that. So 20 watts. By the way, G90 is a good wind link uh, radio, all things said and done. 
you will be successful. You're just probably going to have to spend some time finding the nodes that are going to be the best for you, particularly given the time of day. All right. Yeah. Matt continues. Thanks again for an enlightening and entertaining show. You're both truly the new power couple of amateur oh, radio. Oh wow! I, wow, I that's didn't know a, there was big... a power couple. I... Are, are we gonna Are we gonna have a name? <laughs> Jole? Are we I Jole? think last week somebody gave us a name. <laughs> um, there is something I never wanted to happen. <laughs> That that really is too kind, though. There are uh, quite a few wonderful ham radio couples Power out there. Couple, like Amanda Alden and her husband That's are right. fantastic. Power couple. Power yeah. couple. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Unless you mean power by the collective amount of watts yeah. of all of Joss's equipment. Oh, no. I think that That's... they probably have me beat. <laughs> They've got probably larger amps. Absolutely. Katie Allen and her husband, for sure. Yeah. And they've yeah. got like a proper location to do ham radio from. And they're, they're in one of the Dakotas. So it's very quiet. <laughs> it is interesting that all of the couples that we are listing, we refer to as the <laughs> the wife. Well, because and... they're the they're the arguably the personality. I mean, they're the ones that are on the right. internet more than the, than the right. other. Not to say the other isn't, uh, you know. Right, exactly. You know, important. Too. Yeah. Uh, Matt signs off 73W7MDN. Thank you, Matt. I hope Josh answered your question. And yeah, you may want to fire me off an email, hoshnasi at gmail.com, and give me a little bit more specifics. Uh, and honestly, you should probably play around with WinLink a little bit, get familiar with it, find some nodes, add them to your favorites, and so that you're prepared. Yeah, because you can just leave that in the truck or whatever, you know, when you're out driving your laptop, and then you can just do win link when you get to camp or whatever you're doing i don't know what you're doing i don't know i have enough details i'm just guessing. i just hope you can get in contact with your wife so she knows where you are yeah and you can absolutely push out uh, location as well but Great. that's going to require gps into your computer okay or getting it from the radio somehow that whole thing or you could use raspberry pi that'll do it too the next email is from Bob. It's question about podcast 87. Hi, Leia. I hope you can shoot oh. me a quick reply uh, at the... <laughs> we'll do you one better. We'll do it live. <laughs> I actually did reply to Bob uh, oh, okay. very quickly um, at the 52 and 58 mark. So at the 52 minute, uh, 58 second mark of the podcast, you were talking about Patrick Rothfuss. It sounds as if you were saying the world building is fantastic. Is that referring to a book title? Thank you very much. uh, 73 K a seven WD. Now I replied back to Bob and I, and I really want to emphasize this because I, we mentioned the book Patrick Rothfuss and I did give Bob the name of the book. It is in the name of the wind. Yeah. Uh, And my comment about world building is in reference to the fictional world of fantasy that he creates in the books. It's very well done. Rich fictional worlds include Middle Earth. The wizarding, the wizarding world of Harry right. Potter. It is where the 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 world has a personality that that comes out in the literature. Yes, it is it, part. Of it the actually story. transports you into a place right. that you that feels immersive because it is so well defined mm-hmm. and described. And 
Patrick Rothfuss does a fantastic job. Such a at good job in, in both Patrick Rothfuss. It, 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 <laughs> uh, it's a story told in two parts, right? There's the the current day and then the telling of the past, right? And both of those worlds are actually different, right? Because something happens, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we don't know what that is. We don't, we don't know, know what, what it caused is. it. We we got really invested, and then it, it would be the equivalent of watching the the second to last season of Game of Thrones, and it never coming to a resolution. I some would argue that that would probably be okay in comparison to the last season of Game of Thrones. That okay, fair because enough. then I could just say. Well, they haven't ruined it. Right. <laughs> so I, I said to Bob, I was like, I, I have to warn you before you preface. start on this journey, you will be left unsatisfied. He doesn't finish the trilogy. It has not for over a decade. Yeah. You will be left with burning questions and unresolved plot lines that will haunt you until you regret having read them at all. Yes. Do not do this. I forgot about that, and I told somebody at work about the books. They were so mad at me. So yeah, we do not want you angry with us for being left unsatisfied the way that we were. Dude, what the hell? Yeah, he's like, (laughs) what have you done? (laughs) I, he's like, I think I blew through both books in like a weekend. Yes, it is a really had I known, I would have slowed it down. I have. There is a novella that follows, but that resolves nothing. Explains it's like not even nothing. the main character, right? The novella, yeah. Okay, whatever. I started listening to it again, though. No, I did. What, what have you? I have done? the both. I have the book and the book on tape. <laughs> don't do it. I guess we say don't books listen on to tape. him. Don't, I have the audio book. Yeah, don't don't listen to him. Uh, but uh, Bob wrote back. Thank you so much. I'm conflicted between starting this read or going Dune. I don't oh, think Dune. I can lose either go way. Dune. Bob, you Please can absolutely Dune. lose by starting <laughs> in the name of the wind. Please series. go Dune because you will stop reading Dune before Dune stops giving you things to read. Like Dune is a hugely rich world. That's another prime example of a very deep fictional world that is amazing. But that leaves but, you satisfied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, because again, it, it starts getting to a place where it's like possibly too nerdy for people to want to go further with it, and they're like, "I'm good, I'm done." And you abandoned that. The author didn't abandon you. No, I didn't abandon it. I just haven't finished. No, it. I'm saying the reader right, 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 right. has has chosen to I, abandon that the is journey. A, that's like versus the author abandoning Patrick the reader. Patrick Rothfuss went out for cigarettes. Yeah, and he's just not come back. And, and you're left waiting there. And keep in mind, he had at some point a video game in the works for the oh, series. It, it could be he had uh, it, it a huge. TV it's series like, in the works or a movie or something oh, like that. Yeah, it, it would have been amazing. And none of it came to fruition. None of a it. lot of people suspected that he was holding off on finishing it. He says that the book is done. He Whatever. says the third book is done. Whatever. And now Weird everybody flex, thinks. That he's not releasing it, holding out for a deal, oh. which I think is even worse. Give I, us the book. I've got more respect for that <laughs> than not having it done. You know what I mean? Um, it, okay. I will throw this out there. This is all fantasy that we talked about. If you want something that you can like literally read 
forever. Check it. Take a look at uh, Warhammer 40k. Particularly okay. the Horus Heresy. Just start with the first one, and if All it right. doesn't bite you in the first book, then you're good. You don't have to go back to it. Uh, Bob continues, thank you so much for getting back to me. You and your hubby are awesome. I really appreciate everything you do. Thank you very much. We appreciate you listening and uh, and writing in. Oh, I should say Warhammer 40k is sci-fi, but really it's like gothic sci-fi. There is fantasy elements to it. Okay. There's magic and uh, demons and what stuff like that. Bob has another question. He would like headphones he can use in ham and other applications. Oh, gosh. I've got a... Does he have more? Uh, he does. He, he says that... He, uh, I do hope you are feeling better. <laughs> you are Peace feeling better. 73. I'm feeling worse. <laughs> yes. So I normally go... I normally feel good. I, I, <laughs> I normally... Uh, go into the live chat of the live streams uh, because again it feels like just hanging out with a bunch of friends watching josh do his live stream and i, I get to catch up with uh many of the email correspondent contributors <laughs> the email correspondence tower contributors yes and uh you know it's it's just a saturday night hangout and I was really not there. You showed up about halfway, yeah, about 20 minutes in, I think. Right. And the kids. Oh, they had already wreaked havoc yes. on the live stream. Turns out I'm the only thing standing between the children yeah. and the live stream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and me and, experimenting with pepper ball technology. Yeah. <laughs> I think Josh was a little bit overconfident in how well the kids fare. I did not do my due diligence of putting something on TV and like getting them on the switch or something. But they were on the switch I and on the TV. I appreciate that, um, but like and, I didn't do a good enough job. And you were so kind it. as to not wake me up, though I don't know that you could have woken uh, me no, up at you that were, point. Yeah, um, but <laughs> it's very frustrating. Yeah. Apologies, apologies, because it caused a ton of work for you on the back end, too. It did. Well, it it shouldn't have, but it got compounded by YouTube's editor. YouTube's editing software actually nerfed the episode in which I had to then figure out how to download it. And it, YouTube wouldn't let me download it for like two days. Oh. And I was messaging them, and I'm like, what's going on, guys? And they're like, well, is it possible you used... Uh, audio that contains commercial uh, songs or sounds or anything like that. I'm like, dude, it was me talking into a microphone for an hour. There was right. no sounds. You were trying to go back and edit the kid interruptions out of the front right. end that's of all the I was video. Doing. Yeah, that's all I was doing. And then it clipped the... It only clipped the video and yes. the audio <laughs> untouched. So everything was totally screwed up sync-wise. It was so stupid. I do have the headphones, though, so let me mention these really quick. Uh, these are not... So let me... I am not an audiophile. For all the audiophiles in the house, Cam, Cam, one of our admins on uh, on Discord, pointed me towards these. He's an audiophile. The Bayer Dynamic DT770 Pro, and I got them in the 32-ohm version. These things are great. They are not deeply isolating meaning you put them on your ears and it blocks out a lot of ambient noise. They're not deeply isolating. I can still use them 
and hear kind of stuff going on around me, which I need to do because the kids and all that stuff, they are fantastic studio microphones, uh, headphones. So they are $180 though. Ooh. But to an audiophile, they're like, oh, that's nothing. Those are probably garbage. So it depends on what your, how deep your pockets are and how, how crazy you are about really good audio, but they're fantastic. I really like them. Well, Bob, Edison likes him too. He, <laughs> he yells if I try to give him the other headphone set in the in, when he's in the shack, and he wants the good ones. He's like, "Daddy, I want the good ones." Wow! So he's a bigger audiophile than you are. He then. definitely is. He is a very sensorial child, though. He's he's very sensitive to things like that. Yeah, he he's yeah he's lots of things. Okay, the next email is titled Positive Show Feedback and Questions for Josh. Very long read warning. That's that's what the title says. And this is from Ryan. I'm going to try to read this very fast because it is, in fact, long. He was not wrong. Yes. Dear Leia and Josh, first off, I tried twice leaving a positive review on the Apple podcast for the show, giving it a five-star rating with a rather lengthy paragraph or two. Okay, more like five about the podcast. This took a considerable amount of time to type out on my phone, trying to be as good of a speller as I could be, something not easy to do when you have fat chubby fingers like me and an iPhone that has such small characters on the screen. Sigh, but I digress. Perhaps it was was the length of my review that caused it to be rejected <laughs> maybe. or maybe you are able to review the reviews prior to them going public nope, and simply shook your head and asked yourselves what on earth <laughs> i don't have time to read a book here no, I have the no podcast control. is already long enough uh, i don't know if your podcast your reviews were rejected but sometimes reviews are held by uh by iTunes I and never take know what iTunes a while to post Yeah, uh, because people have told me that they reviewed the podcast and it didn't show up. So it's possible it wasn't rejected at all and it is still there. Uh, but we do not have any control over uh, whether or not the reviews are posted. Oh, yeah. That's- For instance, uh, here's a review that is on the bottom of the review page Okay, that was posted Wednesday. Chili radios and more from Spartans Never Die. And I'm, well, this is way out of the wrong time, and I'm interjecting because I would have skipped it otherwise. Okay. I apologize. We're going to interrupt this very long email with, with a more, review. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Again, this is totally iTunes' fault. I don't think I've had Skyline Chili since the start of the pandemic, but now I really want some. This is my new favorite podcast. <laughs> It makes my long drive to work, surrounded by quiet repeaters, so much more enjoyable. I work evenings. Nobody seems to be on the radio at 3 p.m. to midnight. Oh, 3 p.m. is like drive time. That's when it gets, like, hot. Leia and her co-hosts present a fun and conversational show that makes me laugh again and again. Yeah, so that was Wednesday. Arguably, this was a more recent review than the one I read. Totally buried at the bottom of the entire page. Like, I, wow. I, I, I just did that because Thanks, of iTunes. Um, the comment there that somebody else wasn't able to write it. So, apologize. It's not our fault. Well, thank you for that review. What Spartans was, never die. Spartans never die. All right. Back to Ryan's review and email. So let me go ahead and summarize the review I wrote. I am sure I, I, it did record the five-star rating I gave, though. Most important, right? Thank you. Right. 
clears my throat and tries to sound official and firm via my computer. The Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast is a weekly podcast that aims to entertain and educate. There is more emphasis on the entertaining portion, though, which is exactly what we need, as so many ham radio podcasts out there are so dang boring and dry (laughs) with the technical stuff they are trying to teach. This is the type of podcast where you want to sit back, kick up your feet, and sip a favorite drink slash beverage of choice and be prepared to smile and laugh for over two hours as Josh and Leah talk briefly about their family, then get into things such as their drink of the day review, where they review a wine or a beer or some other alcoholic beverage, what they like and don't like about it, and some other stuff about that. Leah will then playfully and lovingly tease Josh about a variety of things, and Josh being the humble and dignified man that he is, just sits there. Like nodding his head Mm -hmm. and saying, yes, "Yes, dear, under his breath. Just kidding. They obviously love each other and respect each other and can talk about anything openly in a way that is respectful and insightful. A true good example of a happily married couple raising kids with a geek like Josh who loves ham radio, ever ready to help teach and educate about the hobby, and poor sweet Leia just trying to take it all in one (laughs) ear and not let it go out the other. You know, Ryan, I'm not, I'm not sure that it's not going out the other. So I appreciate. You didn't hear that. the ding. So <laughs> Josh has been instrumental over the past year in helping to teach and encourage Leia in obtaining her tech license, as she was successfully able to do so recently. To which I know everyone who listens to the program was beyond thrilled to find out. Yes, I shouted for joy when I heard the news and wished I could have high fived Leia. On behalf of your listening audience, Leah, we are very happy and proud of you, but not so much as I, I am sure Josh is. Thank you. Yes. Leah tries to be low-key about it sometimes, but we are able to pick up in her voice the way she talks that she is excited to finally have her ticket and to be getting on the air. Josh and Leah now, now tackle working through getting Leah to go after her general license, something to which Leia is obviously not too thrilled about, given the type of practice exam questions she and Josh go over in every show. I have to admit, I am feeling rather frustrated and discouraged myself as I too work toward upgrading to my general and with the questions that are in this exam. Many of the questions are utter nonsense and have no place in being no place being in that exam. So Leia, I understand. But we can do this slow and steady wins the race every time, as Dave Ramsey likes to say. I have gone ahead and purchased the Gordon West study manual and audio CDs for the general license. And I'm confident that between what old Gordo and Josh are teaching, when Josh actually remembers the answers to the questions, Leia, myself and others, are now intent upon getting their general class license will be successful. Go us. Well, you know, Brian, good luck on your general exam. I'm hoping that you get to it before I do, because it looks like a very long road ahead. A long road to hope. Oh. <laughs> 
There is a teaching portion of the podcast by Josh that I find useful, and they spend a great deal of time going over reviews and emails to Leah, like the one I am typing now. Several email topics of note over the past few podcasts have been something called Skyline Chili. Hopefully, <laughs> this one is just about played out. Now they are talking about some weird food delicacy that involves eating unhatched or unborn, unborn birds or something like that, which I will honestly admit, I forward the podcast ahead 30 seconds until they are done with that topic. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, Josh foolishly agreed to eat said unborn bird still in an egg or something like that as a bet with Leia if Leia got her tech license. Josh, let this be a lesson to you, my friend. I feel for you. I was a different man back then. I made foolish decisions. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) FYI on the chili thing. Ever tried the chili from, well chilies it's actually pretty damn good it better be <laughs> i don't even know where there's a chilies around us anymore is it oh maybe buena park near the mall it's a liquid mall too doesn't liquid mm, mall have one maybe i think that one is too close to a soup plantation for me to care it, it doesn't matter i'm not going to chilies <laughs> <laughs> chilies is fine they have margaritas and a lot, so does my kitchen <laughs> I think chilies is fine. I think my mom used to really like chilies too when there was mom and Cerritos. She really likes chips and salsa. That also is in my kitchen. Yeah. (laughs) The podcasts range from anywhere between two and three and a half hours sometimes. Lord have mercy. And Josh and Leah receive feedback on each podcast wishing it were longer. Let me just say that these very insensitive yahoos want a three to four hour podcast and that Josh and Leia record these things at night and have a real life outside the podcast. They are two busy parents trying to raise a family involved in their own careers and activities not related to ham radio. By the time they're able to sit down and record this podcast at night, they are already tired and don't need to be going on for three plus hours like they have been. A two hour our podcast is more than enough. Let these folks have some alone time and personal time together. <laughs> Leia is going to have a major ham radio burnout if this keeps up, and we don't need that to happen. Otherwise, we will never get her back. Josh, well, Josh is Josh. Get him going, and you'll never shut him up. That's true. That, <laughs> well, this, this well my wait. Mom? Did my that's mom? not what I mean. <laughs> well, it is, but it isn't. The man is awesome and provides plenty of other ham radio education to us in his other podcasts and YouTube channels. So, do you have another podcast? I didn't tell you about that. <laughs> it's just me sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> just you're 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 talking your sleep about ham radio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just and suddenly, then you know the all email, the answers. The email to segment the, is fantastic. Yeah. So please be considerate in asking how much time they spend on this weekly podcast. Their dogs, fish, and kids would like to have some time with their parents. You know, Ryan, we don't have fish. That's that's <laughs> where we save all this time. Yes. We ha- for a while had sea monkeys, and they were breeding okay. And then I tried to add plants to their... <laughs> their tank and that was catastrophic which is the reverse of what i did to josh's plant tank Mm -hmm. he had an aquatic plant tank specifically designed for growing 
sea plants or you know not uh, ocean water but i wish i hadn't brought this up because i think you're still salty about what happened (laughs) Uh, i had like a shrimp a tiny little shrimp that cleaned up you know, just cleaned up. Like, I thought you lot. wanted, you were looking and at these Leia's crystal like, red shrimp. I got shrimp. you a, a shrimp. And it was a tiny blue shrimp. It was a tiny blue shrimp. Yeah. And I, you know, because your shrimp needed friends. Yeah. And I thought you were doing this like interesting shrimp mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. It was, yeah. Uh, it, it turned out to be <laughs> an Australian yabby, <laughs> which is a very voracious crawfish. Yeah. It's very aggressive. That ate all the plants <laughs> and the shrimp. <laughs> And now we don't have a shrimp. And now we don't have a now we don't have a tank. So yeah, the aquatic And that Yabi, I believe, went to the park to live. Yes. And ate all of the crawfish in that park. There's no more crawfish. We called him Snappy. That's a Simpsons reference. And then went after the turtles. Now cruising the playground for children. Yes. Okay. Uh, what did I leave off on? This? I don't know. <laughs> the real reason this podcast is popular and continues to grow in popularity is because of how both Josh and Leia complement each other. They both have the voice for radio and just for a nice casual conversation. Leia's full of nice things to say and her laughter delights us all and fills us with joy and energy. A true gift of Leia's. Thank you. That's such a nice thing to say. It is very nice. Granted, with the wine or drinks they are having while reading the podcast, that might have something to do with it as well. (laughs) But regardless, well done, you two. There have been several negative feedback left on iTunes for this podcast. I believe most of those to be from idiotic old crabby hams who in life find little pleasure in anything other than making others feel bad. I'd like nothing more than to put those jackasses in their place. Wow. But I am trying to be a good Mormon boy that my mom and dad tried to raise me to be. Not having much luck at it, I suppose. (laughs) Okay, breath. That's the key. Breathe. Ah, Gimli from Lord of the Rings. Oh, okay, breathe. That's the key. Breathe. Seriously, folks, you will not find this pod. If you do not find this podcast entertaining, I may suggest you go seek mental health. Um, immediately whoa (laughs) or if you feel the need to criticize one someone go back look in the mirror and criticize yourself instead of a well-respected and established podcast like this review concluded wow thank you thank you here's the question for josh oh okay josh i need help understanding this digital mumbo jumbo that has invaded (laughs) ham radio over the past 10 to 15 years when i found ham radio it was by listening to a scanner at the age of 14 back around 1992-93 and i stumbled across the two meter band local repeaters here in denver and i was hooked i loved listening to the rag chewing and my interest quickly grew to repeaters how they work and learning more about the technical aspects of good old-fashioned analog radio I started taking in-person ham radio classes put on by the Denver Radio Club, oldest amateur radio club here in Colorado, I believe, and a great group of people, but soon had to stop due to other life priorities. In 2005 or 2006, I eventually picked studying back up again, thanks to Gordon West study materials, and quickly got my technician. 
I purchased a few handy talkies and mobile rigs and was immediately in the game with a, with local two meter and 70 centimeter repeaters. I had great radios at the time, Kenwood TH-73 and TH-79 for my handy talkies and a Kenwood TMV-7A mobile rig. I got involved with a local club and started participating as net control operator. I did this for a number of years until my mother became ill with cancer, and I decided to put my career on hold and most other things so that I could be a full-time caregiver. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I ended up selling my radios since I was not using them and did need some extra money. After she passed in 2019, I got back into the hobby, but only to find that it had been invaded by something weird called digital radio. What the hell? <laughs> well, we're, we're so sorry for your loss. Yeah. That is very sad. Uh, but to continue on with your question, where did this come from and why is it so important and popular in ham radio? What is the best way to learn about it and what can it do? D-Star was just getting going when I left the hobby to care for my mother. And now I'm back to find various other types of digital radio. I even went so far as to purchase a B-Tech DMR6X2 HT to see if I could figure things out, but with the primary purpose of it being my two meter, 70 centimeter HT boy, was I in for a surprise. I was accustomed to being able to enter a receive frequency into my old Kenwood (laughs) and it would automatically assign the transmit frequency based upon offset. Mm -hmm. I could easily set the tone and easily program a memory channel. Same thing with my Kenwood mobile rigs with this B-Tech and Bow Wow Fang Chinese things. Doing simple things like that requires a programming cable, hooking it up to a computer, and all that other hogwash. Big sigh. I have figured out how to program my BTEC at last, at least through the computer, but I'm disappointed that it does not have something as simple as auto offset features. At least it didn't when I purchased it. Having to research input and output frequencies and whatnot. Help me. What does digital radio offer that makes it so popular? What are some tools and resources that I can go to that breaks it down and makes it simple to understand? Also, if you know of anyone selling a good condition Kenwood TH-78 or TH-79, let me know. Leia, ask Josh about those models. They're awesome. They had some flaws, but they were certainly much easier to use now than the bow, wow, wow, a fang things you guys talk about. (laughs) Thank you for your time and all that you do. I am a fan of your programs for life. 73, Ryan, K0CTR. Okay. All right, Ryan. Well, thank you for the email. Um, And again, condolences to your, for your loss. Okay. So, Digital radio is just taking the human voice and instead of just analog over FM, takes it and digitizes it. And what that's actually doing is decreasing the amount of space it takes up on the bandwidth of the transmit space. Now, take reduce is actually kind of a not a real term. It's it's time syncing it so that you can actually run multiple conversations on the same repeater. In fact, there are digital repeaters. Its job is to do things like DMR, D-Star, Yesu System Fusion. And you can have 
basically two DMR channels going on at any one time. Hmm. So instead of having a repeater that's just for one voice channel in and out, you can actually have multiple kind of conversations going on. So if it was just that, it would be like, okay, well, that's interesting. And uh, yeah, there are some RF um, principles at play that, that do make digital good for like simplex, simplex for instance. Digital mm-hmm. is strong out far, and then it just kind of like dies out versus analog has a drop off point where it just gets worse and worse and worse, gradually just gets worse and worse until you just fall off into the noise and disappear. Digital doesn't really have the same problem with that. But the reason why it's popular is that people have started internet connecting repeaters and their home stations. And that allows them to connect to basically online repeaters called talk groups. You hop into a talk group uh, for like Southern California or the U.S. talk group or there's multiple talk groups. Hammerdale Crash Course has a talk group. And there all of a sudden now via the assistance of the Internet, we can have repeater like discussions with people that are all around the country, all around the world on the ham radio crash course talk group, right? Are the talk groups by topic or? They can be, but uh, generally they're regional or they're like based on a group. So that's why the ham radio crash course has one. We have a DMR talk group. We have a Yesu system fusion room and we have a D star uh, node, or that might also be called a room, but that allows all of those radios to talk to each other. The advantage why someone might want to consider digital is if they live in an area where repeaters are not very popular or very used. You can use something in your home called a hotspot, and that hotspot will allow you to connect to the internet via your radio um, for sending your data to these talk groups. And that allows you to talk. So you can basically talk to people around the world, again, facilitated by the internet to a certain degree. But it doesn't have to be connected to the internet. It could just be a local DMR repeater, or again, D-Star, Yesu System Fusion repeater that you just talk to locally. And there are advantages to that. It, it, it does help you break up the traffic a bit so that you don't hog up a repeater with just one conversation, just a mm-hmm. couple people talking. So there, there are reasons why you that might want to do it. That is a big jump in technology, though. It is. And I am uh, I'm kind of in the same boat that I like analog repeaters. I like analog FM radio. I end up using that far more often than any of my digital radios because I too like just being able to program my radio with my hand and then just being able to use it. Sure. And that is one downside with the digital stuff is that particularly for DMR, DMR is the worst offender of this. You do have to program it with a computer. So what I would recommend you do is you find out where your local ham club you know, they may have a website and they may have a download that you can get called a code plug. And then you just download that code plug to your radio and it should set it up for most of the stuff you want to do in your local area. Okay. There you go. Well, hope that answers your question. Thank you so much for your wonderfully long review. <laughs> yeah, thank you. The next email is titled, You Guys Are Fantastic, and this is from Ron, Leah, and Josh. I just wanted to express my sincere thanks for all you do to promote ham radio and ham radio life. Your videos and podcasts are excellent, entertaining, and right on point. As one of those older hams, I got my novice in 1963. Wow. Mm. Uh, I truly enjoy the podcast banter surrounding everyday life in the amateur radio world. 
After a few years of being inactive due to job and other life pressures, I finally have been able to return to the hobby. What a pleasant surprise to find Josh's channel and your joint podcast. I absolutely refuse to be one of those old ham trolls that refuses to accept change. I believe that your approach to introducing others to the hobby is certainly a formula for success. Thank you for bringing me up to speed on some of the more exciting aspects of amateur radio. And while I was very active in the early days of SST, TV development, I find the new digital modes very exciting. I sincerely appreciate Josh and other YouTube creator videos that helped me become active on those modes. At 75 years of age, I still continue to learn something new every day. You guys make it clear to me that the future of ham radio is bright, even when the path is marked by only cat cups and touch lamps. (laughs) and for her loyal and unwavering support leia certainly deserves the land thank you very much thank you keep up the excellent work by the way i think the hot dog solution is to skewer it between connections of each side of a horizontal antenna driven element and then trim it for 50 ohms thereby achieving frankfurter resonance making it radiate and propagate (laughs) w4orh ron thank you you so much ron appreciate the email Yeah. The next email is titled question and comments. This is from Victor. Hey, Josh and Leia. Hope all is well. Enjoying the podcast tremendously. No, Leia, you do not laugh too much. It's nice to hear some joy instead of all carping going on everywhere else in the world. You and Josh are my media bright spots. Thank you. you. I like the term carping too. That's funny. Yeah. (laughs) I went to, I went turkey hunting uh, two weeks ago hmm. i saw eight before the season opened but not a peep after <laughs> <laughs> they know they got the news and they were out of there but the big deal was i was in the mountains west of colorado springs with zero rfi and my shegu g90 and a brand new buddy stick were fantastic far better than i expected either to be crystal clear no noise truly wonderful it inspired my tech buddy who was also with me to now go for his general oh congrats that's good anyway my question is how do you get a long wire into a tree without turning the massive wire into a giant bird's nest also could you give me the name of the weight you use to toss the wire into the branches keep up the great work vic K-0-P-U-P. I have the link to the throw weight that I use in the Amazon A-Store for Ham ham Radio Crash Course. So it's Amazon.com. We'll put the link in the show notes. It's it's basically shop uh, forward slash Ham Radio Crash Course. I believe I use a... It's an arborist throw bag. It's specifically designed for throwing a climbing line into a tree. And it has been fantastic. Where is it? Now I'm like looking for my, uh, now I'm looking, (laughs) I'm looking through my shop right now. Probably shouldn't be doing this while we're doing a podcast. (laughs) I'm not sure where it is. It's in there. I'll have to go to go grab it. But uh, basically it's a 12 ounce weight. It's a nice nylon bag. And I got the line for it as well. The line doesn't seem to get caught up in trees or anything like that. And but you, how do you stop the wires from being a bird's nest? Yeah, so the wire for the antenna, I use a wire winder that is built around doing a what's called a figure eight wrap. 
of the You do wire. really like wire winders. I like wire winders because, again, you put that figure eight wrap on the wire so that it never makes that coil of memory. Mm. You don't want the coils. The coils are the worst thing you can do. So get yourself a good wire winder. A lot of people will use kite string winders. Those work really well, too. Again, figure eight. You want a figure eight uh, pattern going back and forth. And you don't necessarily need a wire winder, but it certainly makes it easier doing that. Okay. Well, I hope that answers your question, Vic, or your questions, Vic. And thank you so much for writing in. Yeah, thank you. This is our last email from Nathan, who was our last email last week. I think, too. Yes. Yeah, he knows what's up. This is titled Josh, Josh, Josh. Nathan says, so Leia, are you looking forward to getting a bag or something from Josh's equivalent value of Josh's new radio? I don't know all the details, but I'm sure you could get a quite a nice item. Or would you prefer what some wives have said about their husbands to get a new radio? One radio in, one radio out. May I suggest a fair trade of the IC7610 in and a Baofeng out. <laughs> I can do that. You commented last week that I seem to know that I am the last email. I plan it that way. Yeah, I, I write up the email and then in Gmail, there's a schedule send feature when I can set the time and send it. I use 9.15 p.m. Eastern. Don't stay up too late. This has been Kilo One Mike Alpha Zulu, weekly reporting from Vermont. Back to you guys for the general test questions. Yeah, <laughs> Good job, Nathan. Thank done. you. Uh, the The brand is called Weaver. Weaver leather or leather, uh, Weaver um, nylon throw weight. And I'll find what I recommend and I'll make sure it's in the shout outs, but... Honestly, a throw weight is a throw weight. An Arbor's throw weight's not that big of a deal if you go with like an off-brand or whatever. And I like them, but if you're doing soda, it's kind of a pain in the butt for pack weight. So you may actually just want to consider using a small stuff sack, throw a couple rocks in that, and use that as your throw weight, and then just use any kind of line. Uh, throw line is actually designed to go through the tree limbs, though. Paracord will burn and get caught up. It'll get get all in the sap and stuff like that and it makes a big mess so i generally do recommend the the throw line when you can great yeah okay well we're well thank you nathan yeah we're moving right along thanks everybody for sending in those emails we really do appreciate it and he has told us what we need to do next Mm. which is general questions (laughs) okay we'll we'll follow the uh the guidance here following along with uh what we're supposed to be doing so leah let's uh Let's dive in again with the with the general test. We are on question 12 of 35 <laughs> of my first right general along. exam. Just wrong. Uh, the first question says, which symbol in figure G7-1 represents a field effect transistor? Now... Yes. This, this is, is this is different yeah. than the way that the tech questions uh-huh. are phrased, uh-huh. right? Because in the in the tech exam, they tell you the number and you're supposed to select from a num the four mm-hmm. options of what the name of the item is. Yeah. 
This is literally asking me from a diagram of 11 items, <laughs> which one a field which effect one is the field transistor effect transistor, is. obviously. Uh, so I can tell you the choices. It's like symbol five, symbol one, symbol two, symbol four. It's all irrelevant to you on a on podcast. podcast. Yeah, these <laughs> because ones are going to be you tricky. Can't you can't see it, so I'm just going to go ahead and randomly choose one. Do you have any thoughts on what that might look like? Well, one of the options is what appears to be a um, a stock ticker symbol, where a stock goes up, then flat and up again, <laughs> right under, and that's right above a triangle that is filled in black. Well, then, do, do you have one that you, you think you're voting for? I, Instead I have of no reading idea. off all of the trying to no describe <laughs> what is an image, there's a, there's a few with triangles mm, and triangles, and there's one where it's there's a a, a the lines bouncing. I'm going to go with two. That's the one with the line bounce. It was one. It was an arrow going into a solid. Can I see? Can, rectangle, can I, can I see like a, a solid thick line? Which one was one? This one. Yeah, I, I'll just throw out that um, a transistor has three legs. What? It has three legs. So the 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 lines that go in and out those are consider them like wires. But a lot of these have three legs. I mean, two I knew was a transistor. I just didn't understand that there was a differentiation between the field effect transistor okay so the next question asks what frequency should be used to send a distress call a only frequencies used by police fire or emergency medical services <laughs> b only frequencies authorized for races or airy stations c only frequencies that are within your operating privileges d whichever frequency has the best chance of communicating the distress message d whichever frequency Yay. has the i finally got one <laughs> very good uh, the next question is, which of the following must be a person, uh, must a person have which of the following must be a person? They can... Is it A, a person? Yes. <laughs> which of the following must a person have before they can be an administering VE for a technician class license examination? A, an FCC general class or higher license and a VEC accreditation. B, receipt of a certificate of successful completion of examination, CSCE, for general class. C, notification to the FCC that you want to give an examination. <laughs> D, possession of a properly obtained telegraphy license. I believe it is A, an FCC general class or higher license, and a VEC accreditation. And that is correct. You got two out of three. T two amazing. You know, can we leave it on a high note? <laughs> I got the majority we're, right. We're really slow rolling this uh, practice exam. Because the next one says, which of the following frequencies is within the general class portion of the 75-meter phone band yeah that's 80 meters did it say 75 meters yes 75 oh meter phone band a 3750 kilohertz b 4005 kilohertz c 1875 kilohertz d 3900 kilohertz i have no idea so that's actually an easier question than than you think you can actually reduce that down 
can before I you even have to pick the answer? Yeah. Can I? I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and go with C eighteen seventy five. That's nope. wrong. It's it's all, all right. It's all within the three hundred okay. megahertz space for seventy five meters. Uncle. Uncle. <laughs> <laughs> I give up for the night. It's, okay. It's late. I know you're tired. Let's oh my gosh, move I'm on dying. with our lives. <laughs> the, the, uh, the fact that I'm probably going to try and edit this after this is like, I, I want to, uh, I want to break free. <laughs> <laughs> I want to uh, breathe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So let's, let's get into the, the, the show topic here. I got a couple of shout outs I got to do really quick. First one, I am going to Huntsville Hamfest. Look at that. So if anybody is interested in going to a proper Hamfest and you are in the Huntsville, Alabama uh, area or you don't have a problem getting to there, I is will Is it be Huntsville? Huntsville is how it's they pronounce it. It's not Huntsville? No, it's, it's oh, so we're Huntsville. not the only ones that drop our T's. Yeah, it's Huntsville. But in California, we do a glottal T. No, this Instead is a of Hunsville. fully dropping the teeth. It's like a drawn out yeah. Huntsville. Interesting. Yeah, and, and I, I slip back and forth from saying Huntsville and then Huntsville. Anyway. Yeah. I will be going. And I will be And that's the show topic. That's or, it. <laughs> <laughs> Wrap her up. I'm going to sleep. Uh the other thing, YouTubers Hamfest is coming up. So if you go to youtubershamfest.com, you'll have all the details. And it's gonna be an international event this year. So we will be handing off to Different it's going to be an international situation. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be handing off to different channels to go into the hours of the night and into the early mornings uh, to bring us back to what looks is shaping up to be a really interesting uh, weekend. So much so that I think we're going to open time slots possibly on Friday. I, I know we always do like a happy hour on Friday, but we might actually have some show topics on Friday. And then Sunday is going to be, Saturday's the big day. And then Sunday is going to be more fun as well so make sure you go to youtubershamfest.com i think you can go to either one youtubehamfest.com or youtubershamfest.com all right the show topic is how and why to join a net and a ham radio net is what we basically call hopping on the same frequency and again it doesn't have to be a repeater it can just be a simplex frequency and the structure is basically take check-ins so people call in with their call sign. You have somebody called a net control operator. They take the call signs down. But how do you get to where you're even hearing it? Uh, okay. What do you mean? Well, first you get in front of the radio. Okay. You turn it on. Okay. And you listen. You listen on, but where do you find the frequency? Uh Oh, wow. We're going real square yeah. one. Okay. Yeah. There's two major ways to do it. If you find a repeater in your area that you like, that repeater probably has a website and often will have a calendar for events and they'll probably have their nets listed. Or if it's a repeater you like and you're talking to people on it, you can say, hey, do you guys have any nets? And then you can ask them about them. Okay. Because they're usually a recurring day every week at the same time, that kind of thing. However, I have often just stumbled onto nets because I leave my radios like scanning a lot. Huh. So I'll just leave a radio scanning. When we go on travel and I'm driving, I'll always have a radio scanning on two meters. Hmm. And I've bumped into many nets while we're driving and got to listen to nets and have checked into nets. 
in in some cases when I was able to have my radio, you know, programmed and all that. Like if we stopped somewhere, I'd program it really quick and then I'd check in if I had the time to do so. Or, you know, on the way back or whatever, if they're doing daily nets or whatever. That's one way. Uh, that way takes a little bit longer, though, you know, because you find the net and you're like, oh, crap, I got to program this radio. But th- the basic concept, and it, it kind of goes back to emergency traffic passing. A net is a organized way of identifying people that are checking into the net to be logged as checked into the net, passing traffic, and then ending the net. That's kind of its rudimentary purpose. And those can be fun, but oftentimes doing that all the time kind of gets a little boring. If it's just check in, do you have anything for the net? No, I don't have anything for the net. Okay, see you next week. It's kind of gets a little dry. There are some repeaters that do a daily, like a morning mm-hmm. net, right? And a red eye net. They'll do like a late night net. Those nets, morning nets and la- and the red eye nets in particular, are more about a crew of people, largely friends who have kind of become friends from being on the radio together. And they kind of just hang out and talk. And so what the net turns into is that there's kind of a check-in. Sometimes it's a more rigorous check-in. Where it's like a actually, welfare check-in? Yeah, yeah, like that. A no-knock check-in. Okay. They just come in and kick your radio door down. Those... <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a no-knock check-in. Those those ones start out as kind of like just who's on the air, hey, I'm on the air, and, and maybe they, they take logs of it. Maybe they don't. But then it kind of turns into a rag chew pretty quickly. Those can be fun, too. The the nets that I like, and it's the net that we practice with the Ham Radio Crash Course, and again, that is on the digital side of the house, so you can find us if you go to hrcc.link. That is the website URL. If you pull that up, it'll give you all the details on our digital repeaters or digital talk groups and the nets that we have the net is always on thursday it's uh usually 6 or 6 30 p.m my time pacific time and that net what we do there is we'll have people check in with their call sign and then we'll call back to the call sign that checked in and we'll have them talk about what they've done with ham radio or there'll be a topic of discussion Hmm. And that's always a lot of fun when people can kind of share what they're doing, you know, with ham radio projects they're working on, all that fun stuff. And then when I'm available, which is, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll probably check in once or twice a month. I'll talk about, you know, the shows that's coming up or the video that I'm working on. And, and you know, I've always got something kicking around the shack that I'm working on and playing around with. Those nets are really cool. I like those nets. The other uh, net that I love and the Keller Peak repeater here in Southern California does this. They'll actually have like full on uh, like talks that people will give. So it'll have in the front end is a proper net where people check in and then they'll have some kind of like expert in a certain area come in and they'll talk for like an hour to the net and then they'll take uh, questions on the end via the radio. Huh? Fantastic. I've done a couple of these with Keller Peak. Uh, we've done soda nets. They do wine tasting nets. They'll do Ooh. firearms discussion nets. So the, the topics go beyond ham radio. I found those are some of the best nets where it's just, you know, people talking about something they're really passionate about and, and bringing some of that information to the listeners of the net that are already, or the listeners of the repeater that are already there. Those are a lot of fun. So to, to kind of, um, 
to host a net, though, that's kind of a flip side. So if you had friends, you know, locally in your area, one of the ways you could just host a net is just have a simplex frequency that you like, that you all hop on, and just do a nightly tag up. And really, these can turn into like comms check uh, nights, where you make sure your radios are charged, they're in good working order. You all decide to meet on, you know, one four six dot. You pick, uh, you pick the rest of the frequency, and just see that. Make sure that you have your comms in order that you can still talk to everybody on the net. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of a, you know, emergency response teams will do this. Aries will do this. Races will do this. Uh, the place I work at has a check in, and it's like for making sure that everybody has their comms in order in case we need it, in case we need to depend on those communications. So nets are good for lots of reasons. There are weather nets where people log in to talk about weather. There are traffic nets where they pass emergency traffic or they um, will pass fun things that they're doing, but really in an emergency, you'd be doing the same thing. It would be this rigorous process. And then there's just the basic, make sure you got your system all set up and, and running correctly. Those are... That's the nets. That's, that's the nets. I, I think that's, some people overthink it a little bit and mm-hmm. it's it's kind of straightforward if you're out right. there and you're listening you'll find them and some of them are better than others i like the ones that deploy kind of a back and forth discussion a little bit a little bit of reporting oh there's a really good net on hf by the way hf also has nets lots of lots of nets on hf there's a used gear net on hf please don't go to that net those guys <laughs> will just be like hey bob's got an amp who needs an amp? You know, and in, in the walkthrough, what he has. It's, is Bob it's, also your uncle? Bob, great. That's <laughs> fantastic. That's just... Cracking yourself up is always a sign of a really good joke. That's, that's how you know it was top, top tier. Yeah, so the, the used, the used uh, gear... She's still laughing. She cracked herself up. <laughs> keep going. She's waving me on. Don't stop. Just keep going. So the used gear nets are great. There, there are a myriad of nets, and I've talked about a ton of them on the Ham Radio Crash Course uh, videos. So you, you can go check those out as well. I am so tired. I am so tired, and I do want to get this out. It is uh, like 2 a.m. right now, so <laughs> I'm just going to wrap this up. Leia's laughed herself into a stupor over here. Uh, so I think it's. I think I'm good. Yes, let's wrap. Uh, we got to wrap. Guys, we really did appreciate this, you listening. Thank you all for listening to the podcast. We have a lot of fun making it, and the fact you listen and send us feedback means a lot to us. It really does. So, with that said, 73. 73.